Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Right now in a galaxy very near in Southern California, four normies gather to discuss the Skywalker saga in anticipation of its closure. It's the sixth episode of Starvember and War Simba. It's Return of the Jedi. A normies like us. You underestimate the power of the dark side. I'll never turn to the dark side. Let the hate flow through you. A really bad feeling about this. It's a trap! I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. We're back, normies, and like you heard up top, it's a very special episode. Guys, Star Wars is coming to a close. That's right, this is the last one ever. We're talking Revenge of the <laughs> Jedi. Wait, no, that's not right. We're talking Return of the Jedi? We must be with your special host. This is Colin the Hutt. Uh, this is Lando Mike Rizian. Uh, Colin, you stole mine. I'm Jay Cabba the Hutt over here. <laughs> Well, I was going to be Adam Akbar, but I think I'll be Adam Crumb and just sit on both of your laps. I like Adam Will Akbar. That's, crazy. <laughs> hey, that's an improvement. That's a punch up. So, Joe, uh, you know, Han Jolo actually got frozen in kryptonite at the end of the last uh, episode. So we're going to see what we can do to uh, get him freed by the end of this thing. But meanwhile, we are joined by yeah, special guest Adam. Good to have you back for another uh, Star Wars. Thanks, buddy. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's one of my all time favorite films. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, it's not like we constantly have discussions about Star Wars off pod. So this is uh, <laughs> this is going to be good. Uh, I'm excited to hear that's your favorite. <laughs> I'm also excited to have you back on to talk another conclusion. Normies, go back and check out Adam before was on our uh, Revenge of the Sith episode, um, and we're happy to have you back, buddy. We're talking, as we said, Return of the Jedi. Do you, Adam, remember the first time you saw this film? I do. I, uh, I watched them all in pretty quick succession because my dad was playing um, Rebel Assault on the PC. I was nice. probably four years old. Cool and I also found an excellent... Yeah, he was pretty rad. Um, he used to let me uh, destroy his games. I would make him get to this very far level attacking a Star Destroyer and then crash out. And it was before save games. Um, <laughs> But I also found an X-Wing at a rummage sale, and I was like, I have to figure out what this is all about. So I watched episode four and episode five, and then I did something bad. And so they made me wait to see Return of the Jedi. Oh, my so God. So I had maybe a week of a cliffhanger. Oh, um, no. And I finally got to see it, rented it from the video store, watched it on our bad, you know, CRT television in the living room. And uh, it was wonderful. Well, CRTs were good back then. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, ours was a bad one by comparison to others. <laughs> it was uh, starting to fade. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we had the old wood grain as well. Um, I too saw it on VHS. All these were VHS taped off of the movie channel. Um, yeah, and just this, I think as a kid was my favorite. But as an adult, you know, my taste kind of changed. But I really enjoyed rewatching this one. Definitely saw it on VHS and saw the re-release later in, in the late 90s uh, when they started putting those back into theaters. Uh, Jacob, how about you? Yeah, Mike, uh, I'm the same way. You know, this movie growing up was by far the one I rewatched most in this trilogy. 
um, and it was my favorite by far. Uh, but you know, now that I'm older, it's not my favorite. I still love it. Obviously I still love all these, these movies, all the original trilogy. Um, but you know, taste change, like you said. Uh, but yeah, growing up, love this movie so much would rewatch that so many times, like the Jabba scene, everything like so many times. Uh, I don't remember the first time I saw it specifically, but I just remember just wearing that VHS out. It was just like ever present. Yeah. Yeah. Colin, bringing it back full circle. How about you? First time seeing this bad boy. I'm right there with Jacob in that this was definitely my most rewatched. For some reason, I think this definitely is the most palatable Star Wars film. Like it just has like a special kick to it. But uh, I was trying to think so hard, guys. Like this was the only one where I was like, what was the original version when I watched it? Um, Because, you know, we have the special features version now. And, like, when it gets to the scene in Jabba's Palace, and we'll talk about it all, guys, but when uh, Miwon Honeycomb's monster comes out, I was like, what was this originally? Like, I almost can't even draw on what it used to be. It was just, like, the blue guy and then the singing lady with the long mouth, but she was, like, a puppet. And the chef's hat. I forget his name, but there's a guy who just looks kind of like a chef's hat. (laughs) No, I do not remember any of that. That's incredible. Throwing and the back thing is, Wolfman days. Grab whatever the, you know, we got. The thing is, the song, the original song, wasn't good either. But somehow they made I it worse. I disagree. I <laughs> think it's great. It's got this great, like, punchy synth. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, then they now we have this CGI monstrosity. Exactly. Yep. But you know, honestly, though, without getting too deep into it, like besides bastardizing Max Rebo and band. Um, this doesn't have a ton of like terrible changes. I feel, uh, there's one more, but we'll get there. Oh, you don't Um, think so, Mike. I was going to argue maybe this was the one he was touching the most because it was the end of the life cycle. And he's like, fuck it. What else am I going to do? Like, uh, let me add tentacles to the sand pit. Sarlacc monster. Like, yeah, the first act is the heaviest for sure. But, um, yeah, well, you know, we'll get into the plot and everything. Uh, we always also ask, uh, Let's go around and start with Adam again. You know, what do we think of the title of this one? Like you were on Revenge of the Sith, which derived its name from the working title of this, Revenge of the Jedi. And Lucas famously decided, you know, Jedi wouldn't take revenge. It's not the Jedi way. That's well, right. I think it's cool that they changed it. I think that he's, it's cool that they got two movies out of it. And also, I like Return of the Jedi because is, is Luke the Return of the Jedi or is Anakin the Jedi that returns? Ooh. It works both ways. You know? Yeah, true. Um, Very true. That I think name it holds good nothing to me anymore. I am not Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! I completely <laughs> forgot that scene. I was like, oh my god. I would yeah, call this. I would call this movie Return of the Hayden Christensen. <laughs> not on the original release. <laughs> well, the, uh, the the R looks good in that that Star Wars subtitle font. Um, yeah, it really does. But I, cool. I th- it is thematically appropriate. I guess I'll just throw in my hat here. Um, that they switch it to Return of the Jedi, and then it does feel like a Sith would seek revenge. So I like that they got to, like poetry, they rhyme both of the final films of the prequel and uh, original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Colin, what do you think? I don't know. By that account, Mike, I almost think it should be Rise of the Jedi. Like, I do like it. I, I like what you're saying with the We are getting a stuff. rise out of me. Yeah. But uh, how much cooler would it be if we did have two canon movies in the universe called Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Jedi? That would be interesting as well. But uh, I already have my issues with um, 
The Last Jedi, just like the title, because they've never used the same word twice. True. So maybe if that has been established as using the same noun again. Oh, but or, you guys you know, are liking that R. I love how that J and Jedi looks on those big titles. And with the underscore and over uh, overhead cool. line, too, it just looks fucking dope, guys. They could have done the Jar Jar Menace on the first one. You. I also do like the new like Rise of the Skywalker works because it's like Revenge, Return, Rise. Well, we could have had yeah. Rise of the Jedi, Rise, Rise, Vader. Rise. <laughs> we could have Rise of the Vader. We're going to get True. a lot of that in this episode. I'm so glad Ian's back, guys. Our favorite actor in the Star Wars universe yes. is home. In the, in the original six. And he's he's now in the final nine set, too, so... Um, it's Return of the Jedi, guys. I say we just jump right into it. Let's go ahead. We'll hop into uh, our X-Wing and speed on out of here. Ooh, hit hyperdrive. Locking them s foils, baby. Into Segway Formation. <laughs> We're back, normies. Welcome to Return of the Jedi. We're talking episode six. We're talking again, maybe the end of the Skywalker saga. No, of course, we know that's not true. But for now, we don't know that's true. So I want to talk to you guys um, before Mike like lays out the plot for us here. Did you guys mm-hmm. know this fact? I had to Google this while I was watching it this time. Again, plug for Disney+. Plus. Uh, how long is Han Solo in Carbonite? Would each of you guess? Adam, any guess? Uh, for some reason, I want to say three years. Like, it's a longer time than I... I thought I remembered at some point learning it's a much longer time than I expected. Yeah, hmm. I would agree. Three years seems right because I, as I learned in the last episode, there, there was three years between A New Hope and Empire, so it makes sense if there's another three years between these two movies. I want to say it's shorter. I want to say like a year. It feel just the story wise. It seems like that's a really long time to not go get Han Solo, but I could be completely wrong. True, you guys are all so perfectly on track in that. Yes, it's three years again in production time, but unfortunately, no story time. It's not. Mike, you're a little closer. It's just six months, but still six months without your best friend. Like, and the fact that he's only like blind, I'd be like, like crippled when I fell out of that thing, guys. (laughs) Oh God! So that means the atrophied muscles. So Luke finished his Jedi training in six months after the events of Empire, and then I don't know. Yoda kind of seems like he hasn't returned, right? Like he literally says, "Like, uh, well, Vader later says, like, oh, you built your lightsaber. That means you're a Jedi." And Yoda's just like, oh, "Teach nothing more. I have time for me to sleep forever." And I'm like, "Oh no, that little frog <laughs> says he's about to die." Yeah, I have some questions about that, but we'll get to that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we know how this thing did box office, Colin? Like, how did this perform? A little the, better. Uh, a little better. So, first, I have to blow your guys' mind with the budget. Uh, we talked about in the previous episodes. The first one, close to $11 million. Second one, more like 17 to 18 Guys, we're ending up in the 32 to $45 million range. It's never actually been declared how much they spent on it. Oh, my God. It's like triple the budget of the original. That's insane. Yeah, but Mike, obviously, if you're going to shoot a bunch of redwood trees uh you know you're spending all your money on that question mark question mark i don't know there's a lot of miniatures well, in this movie it's all the ewoks 
Could, did Harrison Ford renegotiate his contract? Oh, Ooh, true. He's a massive much. star now. Yeah, he got a huge. That's true. Then he didn't really want to be in it anyway. Yeah, that makes so, sense. All right, so, so let's talk about how much he made then. So it yeah. ends up doing about four hundred seventy-five to five hundred seventy-five million dollars. Now, again, we talked about A New Hope making in the seven hundred million range, Empire making five hundred. So, eh, you know, I mean. I still think that's pretty respectable. Oh, back I mean, then it's... it was huge bucks. But, you know, he's also looking at, like, Jaws and being like, well, why isn't my Star Wars movies making as much as Jaws? Yeah, Colin, do you know, like, you know, out of curiosity, how, like, the Indiana Jones movies did around the same time? Oh, I do not have that offhand. Do some uh, do some typing for me, Mike. You got it. Meanwhile, it seems uh, like... do you want to mention the director of this? Go ahead, Jacob. Finish your thought. Yeah, it just seems like Harrison Ford, like once he started doing Indiana Jones, he was like, mm, maybe I'm not all about this Star Wars. Maybe I want to focus on that. Well, I wonder if those were doing better box office-wise. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't necessarily a sci-fi guy to begin with. Yeah. Not I, I got so numbers much. here. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981, $389 million. Uh, Temple of Doom, $333 million. And... The Last Crusade coming in at four hundred and seventy-four million. Look at oh, that, relatively close at the end there, but the other one's pretty low. That's the worst one. Oh, how what? Well, a lot of people think we're, this is not the podcast. For that. <laughs> and I are know we going to have another? It's my favorite one. It's the one with the Ewoks in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Crystal Skull. Yeah, when Sean Connery anyway, was right. in the Ewok. Let's get back to Blue Harvest, shall we, fellas? Blue Let's get back Harvest. to Blue Harvest, yeah. Mike. The uh, shooting title of the film. The next hot horror movie to come out, Blue Harvest. You've never seen anything like it. That's what crew members' shirts would say with like an insignia for Blue Harvest, because uh, obviously people did have Star Wars fever at this point. Imagine this before smartphones. Th- those shirts have to be worth so much Dude, money. Adam, you read my mind. I literally, as I was reading that on the Wikipedia, was like, okay, let me jump on eBay and see if any of those exist. Could not fucking find one. Ugh. That's like the greatest gem at a Hollywood Goodwill. It's just somebody ditched their Blue Harvest shirt in a move. Oh my you know? gosh. Yeah. The that kind of Hollywood dumpster. That probably oh started a trend, right? Where, I mean, now probably a lot of movies do that to kind of hide. Like, like you know, new Star Wars movies and stuff. They're probably doing that. What was yeah. Dark you know, Knight hiding. was Rory's first kiss. I believe that's Christopher Nolan's son. Oh. Yeah, I think that's a common practice. I'm surprised it wasn't stormed by Gilmore Girls fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, expecting that Gilmore Girls prequel. That's, he's trying to get that. I just audience. think that the uh, the Blue Harvest is probably reference to moisture farming, but who knows? It could be <laughs> yeah, all speculation. I don't know. I've never really considered it, uh, and I have to wonder what the director would think. So we mentioned him just for a sec. It's this guy named Richard Marquand, um, and again, this is 1983, so six years after Hope, three years after Empire, um, and George Lucas. His role we talked about last time was a little more special effects inclined. This time he's a little more righty. We don't have Lawrence Kasdan this time. Uh, George Lucas is literally co-writing this script with a lady that he hired to just like wrap it up. And I think you kind of see some of that with some of the dialogue that you know we'll go over. Well, it. Well, sure. I would argue Lucas-y. being like, yeah, let's also set it on Tatooine, like that opening crawl where it literally says. Time has passed. Luke is a general now. They have to track down his best friend, and it just so happens to be on his birth planet. Let's go. I'm like, oh, boy. And George has always been a fan of the hero's journey being a cycle where they end up back where they started. 
but with the new viewpoint of the world. So, you know, George would want to bring him back to Tatooine with like this new set of powers where Don't now he has mastery over his me. domain. I have to, it's George. But um, speaking of the hero's journey, let me go ahead and break down the plot here and kind of the three main, because just like all the other ones, there's kind of three main uh, locations that things are taking place. We have the first act, which is the rescue of Han Solo on Jabba's palace and also uh, his barge. Uh, after that, we go into uh, heading back to Dagobah and Endor, the forest moon. Um, and then that leads us to kind of the Death Star showdown and the interior and exterior, basically the space battle and the showdown with the Emperor. So this is uh, the journey we're going to go on. Do you guys like the opening shot being the sort of reconstructed Death Star and focusing more on Darth Vader's point of view? Do you think George sort of knew his bread and butter was, look, this is like the coolest character in this series because I'm never going to let Boba Fett talk. So let me give you some Vader right up top. I, yeah. Yeah, I think it's super cool. Uh, I, I like I like teasing out getting to see the main characters again, you know. It's a long time before, you know, someone shows up on screen that's a good guy that we, you know, I see 3 on R2-D2. I mean a protagonist. Uh, not our heroes <laughs> on this yeah, podcast, Adam. But to open the film with Darth Vader, you know, arriving onto Death Star 2 and all the generals are so nervous because they probably heard how many dudes he's choked out and they're like, the Emperor is coming because you're taking too long and they're like, oh, fuck. You know? <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I, and like, it's great. I watched the despecialized version of this film. I spent uh, I spent a long time getting a hold of it. Uh, they make you jump through a lot of hoops to get it, uh, but it was really it was interesting to see the unpolished, you know, the scratchier floor, and there are less stormtroopers. Um, and one thing before I forget, I I wanted to see. I checked because my credits. Where a lot of the subtitles are very different, the Lucasfilm logo is different, um, all all sorts of text was different. But I did remember Lawrence Kasdan being credited. He is on I- IMDb as a co-writer. Oh wow! So, I love that. So I, I don't know. The only the only writing credits on IMDb are Kasdan and Lucas. Oh, uh, coming back together, the so, boys. But That's a good catch them. Those, you know, the Empire is a little thinner in the, the theatrical version. They don't have quite as many extras. Uh, uh, sure, like sure. I said, the floor is kind of dingy. I do love that shot, though, when, uh, you know, the Emperor's ship lands and then you get all the troops and everything. Very uh, Triumph of the Will, you know. Um, great stuff. Nice great reference. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> get that really cool trifold cool. ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had that as a kid. How sick is that? Yeah. I, you know? Yeah, I really liked that design growing up. And I love that, you know, the, the ramp comes down and there's just so much steam blowing <laughs> out of those. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Adam, cool. you were the hero of this podcast for watching the non-special editions. We should have checked in with mm-hmm. you on each of these. If only there were versions of The Force Awakens for, for next week that we could have you be like, no, no, no. I watched the version without all the bullshit CGI. <laughs> the Snyder <laughs> Cut. There's just, you know, like Abrams a few cut. set elements and green screen behind it. <laughs> right, right. It's the assembly um, cut. That is, yeah, like now we don't have any like previous versions. It is annoying though because you get like the director's cut, the Schneider cut, you know, like they release other movies in different forms like the extended cut of Lord of the Rings. Just why don't, why don't you just release them? Right. Let us choose, right, which version we want. Or because put them all on a DVD to together. Point, you know? Yeah, and and this is the first time Jabba ever is seen in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, like 
originally, originally. right? And yeah, so we get introduced to the Death Star 2 and and then we're going down Tatooine and we got R2-D2 and C-3PO knocking on the, a giant door. Uh, we'll see that again in a couple of movies here. Another change, that door was made bigger in the remasters where oh, they made what? it like gigantically tall. But then when they go in the hallway, the match cut doesn't match because it's the normal size door on the reverse cut. But on the cut when they're, the door is opening, it's gigantic. I did not even realize hey, that. Hey, real yeah. quick shout out, because I just want to talk about this. We've seen this droid a lot recently. If you guys are also catching Mandalorian, you know, let us know. But we did just see that these are some sort of like doorbell device droid. But my special shout oh, out yeah. and biggest memory for it is, did you guys do Super Star Wars Return of the Jedi, where this is the first boss that you fight, and he's super fucking gigantic and scary? Uh, I forgot about oh, yeah. that. <laughs> That's right. That sounds vaguely familiar. It's I did very play that weird. game. Yeah, he's like popping around. It's very side scrolly. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Do you guys um, love this droid? Yeah, we got. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Do you guys like love all the weird droid violence we're about to get, Mike? Like literally one droid torturing yeah, so... another droid. <laughs> very dark stuff. It's, it's weird. <laughs> but yeah. I guess that establishes that droids can feel pain, which I didn't think they could before. That's important to me. Like... <laughs> if that's the case, I give C-3PO way too little credit because he is dismembered and really does not sell it right, at all. He right. just toughs it out. <laughs> you know? They can only feel pain on the soles of their feet. <laughs> oh, that's and right. only if the iron is about like three inches away from touching. <laughs> hey, so yeah, really, much like a Jedi's kick. Yeah. Can we get an opinion on that though? Is he being branded as in he's part of Jabba's cartel now? He is property. It's saying Andy, yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's just, just a, oh, yeah, it says Andy. <laughs> oh, that's right, him, yeah. that's right, Mike. It says Andy on his little boot with a backwards <laughs> Y or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just a torture device, really, but I don't know why but they're torturing a, droids. Like, I guess they have some you. kind of information. Why would they be power, okay, yeah. a power bank droid, a droid that's, <laughs> that shouldn't even talk, really. Like, it's just a well, walking power bank. You know, <laughs> I know we're jumping just a sec, but then they, they say Master needs a new protocol droid later, uh, and they say, you know, his old one, we're torturing him right now, and it cuts to, like, a medical droid who's just like, no, and he just, like, gets his arms <laughs> and legs ripped off. I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> well, they say he's disintegrated as well. Oh, that's he's right, like, yeah, they say we he just disintegrated the last him. one. And it's like, what? And then it cuts to a clearly not disintegrated droid. <laughs> being pulled apart <laughs> that was his uh, understudy he wasn't gonna make it either <laughs> um <laughs> yeah man so they're they're here you know to try to get into Jabba's palace it seems like c-3po has no idea what the plan is he never does like, oh, maybe, maybe we should go home it's like what the fuck are you talking he about doesn't, like r2 <laughs> always knows that what's going on and then c-3po is always just like I don't understand what's going on. Just like a new hope, though. So it brings it back. They yeah. can't trust him. That dude would blab immediately. Yeah, true. Yeah, very true, Adam. <laughs> Can yeah. I do my C-3PO report real quick? Um, I'm noticing the trend now, and this solidifies it. First movie, dirty. Second movie, or uh, first movie, like, like destroyed, basically. So dirty. Second movie, kind of clean. Mm -hmm. Third movie, the shiniest you've ever fucking seen him. This is exactly Whoa. the same as Revenge of the Sith. He's so shiny in this movie. That makes me wonder if there's a difference because I was noticing how grimy his his coating was uh, in my version. Whoa. I think he was grimy on Tatooine, but then he was shinier when they got to Endor. Oh, right? yeah. He, he 
maybe. He cleans up, yeah, because he's looking a little dingy uh, as I on have my on Disney Plus. Here. Really? Oh, he was. I was getting blinded. I was putting sunglasses on to See, look at C three PO. We have a mystery, right? Did they fuck with it more on Disney Plus? Because I haven't seen that version. I watched an old uh, DVD rip. I did have Hayden, but I did not have Blinking Ewoks. Mm. So it was like the first pass, and the Sarlacc was different. So, um, yeah, droids go in there, and they show up the Luke Skywalker transmission. He says, hey, you better surrender and give my friends back, or you're going to be in a lot of trouble, mister. That's right. Obviously, Jabba refuses. Can't skip uh, my, my favorite favorite guy whose name i can't remember right now the twi'lek oh, uh, oh bub bub fortuna oh, bib fortuna yeah that right? bib fortuna, bib fortuna yeah. that's it yeah a male twi'lek we that's sort of right. haven't seen these yet and and for some reason he's just like a weird little like you know like grimy freaky guy with like vampire teeth uh jacob yeah. is he making yeah, your alien pointy watch? fingernails <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty well. He, he's he's on something, man. He's on some spice. Like he's yeah, looking. His sure, eyes Mike. are bloodshot. Like he's <laughs> is fucking he, wild out. I, th- I like to think he's like um, Jabba's like consigliere, you know, where he's kind of oh, like hundred percent. You know, yeah. Is that what he's supposed to be? That's what I think. So yeah, he's like his right hand dude. Yeah. Um, and we don't even really need to go beat by beat. We could just talk generally, kind of this palace rescue scene. Um, the big thing for me is like we get to see Luke come back, right? And it's the coolest. Luke, that I, like as a kid, I was like, "Holy uh, shit, so this guy's right, awesome!" Mike, right, but even before that, chain. we have yeah. you know a, a bounty hunter shows up, right? And it's a bounty hunter with a mask, and we were like, "Who's this going to be?" Right, and then who is it? Of course, it's Leia, right? Spoilers. She's flexing with the thermal detonator. Yeah, right? sweet so the, vocoder. Oh, for sure, it's very for sure. sweet. And the the that thermal detonator scene I is awesome. It is. It's great. He's saying yeah. for some he reason C three PO while he's covered in bright glint green slime. I, I oh, yeah. even the got, first yeah, time weird, I watched right. it, I was like, "What happened to him?" Jabba like, coughed on him or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, he hits him, and it's implied that like you know slimy. he gets gets slimy from the yeah, knock. Anything but it's a totally different Jabba color. even touches. Meanwhile, Jabba is again, Jacob, you'll love this, reaching over to his space hookah and taking the biggest monster hits <laughs> I've ever seen. And I'm like, is that thing getting all slimy too? I don't want to touch that. I just want to say I love Jabba. Like he's like one of the best he's, characters in Star Wars. He is everything, Jacob. He is Star because, Wars to me. Yeah. And the thing is with the Jabba, he's living his best life. He's just sitting there you know he's a he's hedonistic. He's just doing whatever he's got he wants. Slaves, hell yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah. He's just you know he's just doing him. You know he's just vibing. <laughs> vibing. But I gotta well, respect that. You know, he, he's his whole palace is vibing because later they all fall asleep on the floor. They all fall asleep on the floor, and later, Adam, when that's a surprise, everybody's having so much fun that they're still standing on and around Jabba on his platform, like Boba Fett. <laughs> Like, Boba Fett, how did you not know what was up? Because you're literally standing on top of Jabba while looking down at Lando. And I'm like, motherfucker, use your eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got that, you know, s- s- weird skull helmet or whatever. So I guess he's undetectable. Lando, I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah he does that cool little pull the visor down and look like a cool guy. Yeah. It's pretty rad. And there's this, like, and after, like, they negotiate with the thermal detonator, like, you know, for whatever the credits are, like, all right, yeah. And then Boba Fett gives this nod to, like, like Bounty Hunter Leia, like, that was a good Bounty Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, game oh, respect yeah. game. Hell know? yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't remember that being in the original, but anyway. And then we get the other shot of Boba, like, talking to two ladies, just being a ladies' man. 
Yeah, I missed that. Which was that. added in. Oh, yeah, that's what He one. does give the nod. I can't confirm. Now, he gives the nod can I ask really you guys, Adam, I want to ask you specifically because of the cut you have. Now, the Twi'lek dancer girl, what does she do wrong that Jabba is so unhappy with? He Like, is he trying to get her closer to him to fuck her, or does he want to pull her into doing yeah, some sort of dance sure. move that he's like, come on, baby, you're not doing the twist right? <laughs> I think it's the first one. <laughs> At the end of her chain. <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't seem like she's no, trying to get away. She's literally no. just like dancing in place, and he's like, "Excellent, excellent. Now die." Well, I think he tries to pull her closer, and she's like, "No," and just kind of starts kind of the repulsed. argument, and that blows up into just like there aren't subtitles, but you know, screw you, you suck. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I've been dancing for 17 hours. (laughs) Probably. She's probably on ecstasy or she's probably taking a hit off of whatever he's smoking too. And I guarantee job. If you think about it, all of Jabba's choices are probably like, because he's out of his mind at the moment that he's making them. He's (laughs) literally like Scarface. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure Jabba's palace is just like a big drug den where they have orgies and stuff at night. And that's why they all lay on the floor together. Um, Which sounds great to me. It's going to sound like we're talking about it for too long. Did you guys clock that Jabba's sequence is 35 minutes? And I love the ending. It's literally like, okay, we made it. See you later. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. (laughs) Which when you think about (laughs) it, like, I think it's all cool and everything. But if you think about it, it's very little to do with the overarching plot. None of it makes sense. It's just a cool way to get Han Solo. I, yeah. I love that we get a mini Star Wars movie to open the last Star Wars movie. And uh, I think it's fun to mm. show this movie to people who don't have Star Wars context because it's such a digestible opening. And then immediately they're vaguely familiar with the characters. You know, they get that little adventure and then you get to follow them. And there's enough exposition, too. It's like Han Solo is still right here. And it's like, oh, OK, who's that? Oh, and that's then, right. Like, there's enough setup to kind of bring you up to speed for sure so yeah for sure and that's like this is the whole first act is like getting the pieces in place for kind of the end of this but it is a mini star wars movie i like that adam i never really that's a great way to put it dude yeah yeah so let's talk about oh sorry go ahead uh, i was just gonna ask do you guys think that leia when she when she pulls him off of the wall do you think she totally expect like it's part of the plan that they get recaptured once he's out of the ice? They're just trying to get I him out. I don't know what the because plan it, is. Because it bothered me so much, even as a kid, that that this thing falls off the wall and that she's talking through the mask loudly in this room of sleeping people. Well, yeah, Luke's plan doesn't really make sense because also, you know, Chewie gets captured that's part of the plan. Lando's in there in disguise, but it's kind of like they all just get captured. And like, that was his plan the whole time. And then he knew they were going to take him to the Sarlacc pit. And that's when he's going to make his escape, I guess. But it seems kind of like a yeah, convoluted like way to time, do it. This whole time, R2-D2 has got a lightsaber in his head. And right. nobody knows it. But if you think of the context of it, I, I was trying to think of it this way. So that opening scene where C-3PO and R2-D2 go in, that means either up in space or on Tatooine. The gang we know is in the Millennium Falcon going, good, good, all according to plan. Leia, suit up. I guarantee they're they're getting sold or, you know, bought right now. It's like, it's just so weird to think that they're like, ah, yes. And now the next part where like I get caught too and we all get caught and Lando's already there and he gets caught and we'll all get caught and it really doesn't mean anything. So I'm not sure why we did this plan. <laughs> Right. And then I'll get caught and then we'll, we'll all get out. <laughs> Since everyone's Essentially. 
I mean, if this is a plan, it's to be, if the plan went according to plan, everyone in Java's barge dies. So they might have as well just sent in a rebel strike team and yeah. cleared out, <laughs> cleared out the yeah, place. Yeah, right. true. They have yeah. the entire military resources at their disposal. And instead they're like, no, 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 we're the stars of this movie. Obviously we'll be the ones who go get him. <laughs> But it's so cool. <laughs> Luke is so cool. Yeah. He, he, he throws off the Gamorrean guards, comes in, has to fight the Rancor, and the oh. Rancor looks good. It looks so good. Nightmares I love the Rancor. Day. It looks incredible. But I want to really quickly mention when he comes in and he kind of, the guards say, hey, back off, and he just chokes yeah. him. <laughs> Which he I just, thought that was a Sith move. Up. <laughs> Just so are you guys feeling guys dark Luke here? I mean, he's in the black robes. He's serious. He's Mark Hamill, but he's not child Mark Hamill. I mean, are you digging this or what? I love Return of the Jedi Luke. By far my favorite Luke. The all black suit, the green lightsaber coming in like a the badass. The one glove, Michael Jackson style. Uh, <laughs> I, I wore one glove so much as a kid. I oh, just yeah. put oh, yeah. on one glove and feel cool. Yeah, that's my robot hand. <laughs> Yeah, this is like peak awesome Luke. And then, yeah, he goes in to negotiate. He's like, hey, Jabba, you better give me what I want. And Jabba's like, fuck you, throw him in the Sarlacc pit. But we also get Slave Leia here. I think it's it peak Luke, bears mentioning. but Mike, it bears mentioning. I'm the resident pervert on this podcast. Let me just go ahead and get it out here, guys. <laughs> Carrie Fisher was 19 years old when she started Star Wars. As I mentioned, it's been six years now. She's finally a woman. Like, she's not a little girl anymore. When she takes her mask off as the bounty hunter, young she has that flat hair and that dark mascara. This is the sexiest Carrie Fisher has and will ever look. She's not, you know, destroyed by drugs, unfortunately, which is a path she's going to go down. She is a fucking smoke show in this movie. And I'm not even talking about the bikini, guys. Like, you, go crazy if you want, but I don't need it. Sure. Even in the hippie mode on on Endor, she's... she's oh, my God. Yes, she is. I, she, <laughs> She had a hard time with the getting ready for the slave outfit, though, because there was a lot of pressure to lose. Yeah, a lot of weight. she did unfortunately she, she fight a, a bout of bulimia, so that's that's bad. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a little the whole slave outfit is maybe a little problematic today. I don't see that happening in a in a you know a modern Star Wars movie. Oh, you, you haven't know? read my Ray fan fiction where she finds the slave <laughs> outfit. No, my Kylo <laughs> oh, slave right. outfit is the that's one. That's right. He's shirtless I, a lot. I'm glad. I'm glad she gets to kill Jabba at the end. It is hard yeah. for me. It's hard for me throughout this movie to separate the the like the turmoil I know she was going through during the filming of this movie from the performance. And there are parts in this movie where I'm like, "Uh oh, Carrie, you're looking real thin. Like yeah. you're looking real tired. <laughs> like I'm worried for you." Uh, yeah. But yeah, the the it's such a weird. Like I said, if she didn't get to kill Jabba. It would just be even worse. <laughs> like I'm glad it, the very terrible. chains yeah. that held her, right? Yeah, you know, so it makes like a a story note that she gets to kill Jabba with the very thing that he used to, you know, keep her tied down. Right. right. So Which Carrie Fisher is, uh, said in interviews she really enjoyed. <laughs> she got to kill. Actually, getting to kill. Can we talk a bit about the Which, practical of that scene, Mike? Thank you. A fucking giant puppet that is operated by six people. Some of them are uh, are are part of the Muppet team, like are part of Hanson Company. Um, and His squad, exactly, yeah. and they're literally pulled in to be like, we need somebody to do this because we've rehearsed for three months and it's not working. And in that final scene, Adam, where she is so happy when she steps onto him, 
her foot accidentally went through the puppet and like kicked one of the operators in the face. Uh, <laughs> they just kind of oh, masked geez. it out. Yeah. <laughs> but they really it works so well even the way his tail is twitching and you know he's choking it's like damn you're so you're what what do you do in the movies oh i'm job of the hut's tail <laughs> that'll be a 20 dollars for my autograph please <laughs> oh yeah he's he's making the rounds um, what if we could go and the other sorry go ahead. i want i just want to mention the other great practical effect in this thing is the rain core you know yeah Luke goes in the rain core yeah. pit that is still an amazing scene i mean jesus it it, it looks good in my version adam did your version I was, of the rain core hold i up? was so pleased to see that yeah it looks fantastic like there's you know there are some uh composite shots that aren't perfect uh but for the most part, and especially in some places, the Rancor is one of the best looking, you know, monsters I've ever seen, period. Still, like, it holds up really well. Drooly. Ugh. As far as giant monsters interacting with, like, human actors, like, yeah, they really pulled that off to make it look very realistic. Yeah. I, I love the Rancor. So it much. looks great, and I love the Rancor. And then there's one scene I want to point out, you know, so Luke fights the Rancor, obviously kills him, and... This scene, I always vividly remember as a kid, I would always get really sad because there's that shot of the Rancor trainer and he's just devastated because Luke killed his pet. And then the, the guy, the yeah, and his, uh, his friend even consoles him. And I always get so sad at that point. I'm like, fuck you, Luke. Why did you have to kill his pet, man? <laughs> you guys say you? John yeah. is the best puppet in the movie. I say that guy is. Because obviously three guys were operating that dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who loves the yeah. <laughs> On each other's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy. But, but oh, there's two man. moments like that in this movie. There's that and then there's the shot where an Ewok gets blown up and then his friend is real sad about it. That one made me sad. Oh, too. Yeah. Both of those things made me sad. Guys, uh, watching it this but time I as love, an adult, it made me sad too. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I love, I love that. Like, it's really a pretty funny sequence to just throw in. Like, that's such a great flavor moment of, you know, the beast keeper. Oh yeah. It's like weird detail. consoling skeleton like what are you doing for Jabba? Yeah. I'm in charge it's of the like monster Hagrid, that's like in know? his torture pit you know I, I'm in charge of the <laughs> rancor it's like oh but that, isn't that like a sex club over in Tatooine West I, I, why is there a dungeon but it's I like, like no, to no, think no, no, it's cool. I like to think that guy that guy I like to think he didn't he wasn't part of any crimes he wasn't doing anything bad he just loves beasts and he's just the rancor trainer that came yeah, with clearly the clearly the beast did nothing wrong but eat <laughs> sex slaves yeah. yeah I mean he's a beast I, I initially the first time I saw it I I thought he was crying because the Gamorreans had been eaten. I mm, thought oh. I thought they were his friends. And those are the pig face yeah. guys, if we're not familiar with the Jacob, term Gamorrean. Jacob, come on, yeah, hit us I, here. Is... Can we get an alien watch? Are the Gamorreans your favorite? Oh. I was thinking that this time, no. too. I was like, is he going to love these green Miss Piggy motherfuckers? <laughs> no, I don't like them. They kind of remind me of Bebop and Rocksteady. I wonder if they took influences from that. Combined. Um, <laughs> I don't think they existed, maybe. No, I mean, I wonder if Bebop oh, and Roxy yeah. took influence, like, or which Bebop, be. I guess. Um, but I wanted to point out in the new remaster, there is a shot of a Sabalba alien in the background oh, in one shot. Yeah, and you know I love Sabalba, so I have to go with no this new Sabalba guy. Could that be him? Would <laughs> that make your sense, guys? Favorite. <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't no, think no. it's Sabalba because he. I, I don't know if it's Sabalba, but he dies at the end of Phantom dip- Menace. No, I guess no, he doesn't. He, does he just goes. He gets the he's great. He's, cannon he's, from Back to the Future ending. He's the best pod yeah. racer on Tatooine. Okay, 
This is the president of the Sebulba <laughs> fan club, Jacob, everybody. That's right. Rancor is my alien for this one, but my least favorite alien is where we get to after this, right? Everyone's getting taken to the old Sarlacc pit. That's Let's right. Let's go yeah. do some pirate stuff. It's essentially walking people off the plank. Well, okay, original so Adam, Sarlacc is cool. I mean, original Sarlacc yeah. here. Are we talking... It, it, just refresh me. Is it literally just the hole in the ground, dude? It's just a hole in the ground. Has some tentacles draping out. You know, it's got the teeth. But yeah. real and, ones. Uh, yeah, just like uh, the only time it really moves is that tentacle that grabs Lando, uh, but they don't pay a ton of attention to it. You know, there are a couple shots, and Does unless somebody's falling with in there. Boba, that I that I'm not remembering. No, no, it's he just, just pretty much falls right in there, right on target. <laughs> well, let's talk about Boba's story. So, from the prequels, you know, we know we watched his father or surrogate father, Jango Fett get murdered by Mace Windu, right? Beheaded, in fact. And he sees all this. And so he lives his whole life with this vendetta against the Jedi, only to finally come into contact with Luke, a Jedi. And he's like, finally, I can avenge my father. I can kill a Jedi. Nope. Gets immediately, like, just annihilated. <laughs> accidentally accidentally bumped into. Yeah. Well, first he gets yeah. to wrap Luke in, like, a... a Oh yeah, rope yeah. for like a second. And he gets his gun cut yeah. in half. Yeah. But then, yeah, he right into the Sarlacc pit. So pretty anticlimactic for him. But yeah, it, you know, at least he got to hang out at Jabba's palace with some <laughs> some <slaves>. ladies. Yeah, <laughs> I love leave the helmet. The on. being digested over the course of a thousand years. I that's terrifying. Yeah, I'm that was a, a a great form of hell to think about as a child. Um, and it, it's cool. Like I. Uh, Luke, Luke at the Sarlacc pit is cool. Oh, yeah. having when the prequels came out, I had a lot of friends who came on board with Star Wars with the prequels and hadn't really grown up with the originals. And I got so much shit growing up about how whiny Luke is and what a terrible character Luke is. And it's so rewarding to watch Return of the Jedi and just be like, nah, man, he's cool. Yeah, dude, <laughs> like, this ain't no Mary Sue. This is fucking Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Yeah, I really yeah, only man, think it, he's whiny in A New Hope. Like, I think he gets over that yeah. pretty quick. And this feels very, it's like very piratey. Like, we're gonna, you're going to walk the plank, you know, and swim with the sharks kind of thing. It's just on the desert planet. Like, they have a literal plank. Yeah. And, you know, Luke Skywalker is going to take his step off, and he does a sick front And there's a cheer reveal. for some reason? Like, <laughs> there's an <laughs> audience. That's you in the like audience, hey. Adam. Yeah, that's you clapping. <laughs> oh, sorry. I did manage to catch that. So when I was a kid yeah. and this happened, he jumps off the diving board, does a backflip, catches his lightsaber in the air. That was what did we see? literally the coolest thing I'd ever seen in any movie when I first saw it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was just like so amazed. I was like, that is the most badass thing I can imagine someone doing. And I just loved it. <laughs> he gives the nod to Lando. Like, I got it. Lando's like, I... Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this on the Falcon. Let's is go. This the coolest, lightsaber uh, is green for the first guys, time. Thank you. Yes. Exactly. Is this the Blew coolest lightsaber too? The, the, you know, I said later yes. the fact that Vader's like touching it and going like, "Oh, you made your own. It's very nice." Like you're getting that stamp of approval too, but it's like, "Fuck, it's green. He looks great with it." Oh yeah, it looks There's great with his black clothes. And Luke is. Oh yeah, no. Go There's ahead. There's a deleted scene of him building it, seemingly right before he walks into Jabba's palace, like completing <laughs> his lightsaber in a cave, and it's a cool scene. Um, they only released it at like a, you know a Star Wars convention maybe four years ago, five. Um, oh wow! Right. So if he didn't, he never went back to Dagobah until after Jabba's. 
So how did he know how to build a lightsaber? How did he know how to find Jacob, a kyber crystal? For 12 days, I he had, had Yoda on his back and he ran in a swamp. You learn everything doing that. <laughs> <laughs> when you're 900 years old, you learn how to make a very uh, tight curriculum. I, I like to imagine that part of the six months is maybe Luke knows he has to go and prepare himself. Or maybe he finds some old Jedi texts or... Who knows what? Could be. Or a forest ghost, you know. Obi-Wan could teach him more. Sure. He did Very fail. True, Mike. He did fail at the end of Empire, so he knows he's got to reflect and do some some growing here. Um, but this is just awesome. You, you get Boba Fett, you get the front flip green light. Giant saber. lights I mean, in some shots. It's like six feet long blade it almost. It seems like it's, it's just swinging far <laughs> too long. Can I get a take real quick? Jacob, uh, is your cannon, is Boba Fett crawling out of that bad boy? Um. Yeah, I think it would the be cool. rocket pack. He just like goes up through the middle of it like a cartoon. Yeah, because he gets such an anticlimactic like death scene. Like, let him come back and do something cool. You know, you guys, Mike, Adam, Adam, yeah, Adam. do you think he's alive? Uh, I mean, sure, he's alive. I was never super attached to Boba Fett uh, growing up. Like, it was cool when he showed wow. up in Shadows of the Empire, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I was too focused on how lame he seem, seemingly was when Han Solo knocked him accidentally <laughs> into the Sarlacc. Yeah, day. cooler when IG-88 shows up See, in Shadows, but how about you, Yes. Mike? Yeah, now that we know that he's not a Mandalorian and his dad is not a Mandalorian, you know, they just somehow acquired the armor and were posing or whatever. It's like, yeah, whatever, he can be dead. He was we just do some dude. know that? I was going to say, is a Mandalorian's greatest weakness a blind guy with a blaster who's not really looking the right way? <laughs> yeah. A Boba Fett. Well, I don't want to, you know, Fett. I don't want to get into this now, but, you know, like the whole... <laughs> when, I don't know. Now that the Mandalorians come out, we learned a little more about Mandalorian culture. I do have some questions because in a lot of the other Mandalorian media that we've seen... They don't seem to have this rule of you can't take your helmet off ever. Like, Django takes it off in the prequels. There's Mandalorians in the Clone Wars that don't even wear the suits. Which are canon, yeah. yeah. So It must just be that particular uh, tribe, I guess. I know they went through a lot of, like, they've gone through a lot of shit recently in the past couple of years. Civil War. They're probably hiding their identity more carefully now. That would be my guess. But yeah, Boba Fett's not even a Mandalorian. So if he's dead, he's dead because he doesn't have the skills. He didn't Um, get good. But I hate the new Sarlacc. Even when I saw uh, it in theaters yeah. on the re-release, I was like, what the it's hell? Yeah, just, why add a big Luke dumb is mouth? Just, yeah, Luke is just chopping trees, though. He doesn't give a fuck. He's slicing it. This is like the most lightsaber like damage we've seen well, in a Star the Wars The first movie time we've yeah. really seen lightsabers versus bad guys, right? Like just normal bad guys. Because Luke is still mm-hmm. running around with a pistol, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, the, first light, it's, it's the first lightsaber that's not like a lightsaber versus lightsaber duel, right? No, and yeah. he's basically he's fighting up like Klingon yeah. yeah. guys with like literally Klingon weapons who, again, where I'm like, wow, these guys are super that scary. One. They were the common bad guys in the Tatooine parts of that super Return of the Jedi game I mentioned. And yet I'm watching the special edition where one of them's the drummer for that fucking CGI singing pair of legs. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> They're good with the blaster and they got great rhythm. Oh, my God. Yes. That's what we know about that species. They can keep a, a four three, four four, whatever you want, man. I, I love the the. I do like that the lightsaber seems to have heft to it. Um, I love oh, the yeah. blocking of laser blasts all through this movie with the lightsaber. It feels like you know he's batting baseballs. Um, yeah, and it just it seems more dangerous than just kind of spinning around and deflecting things. 
Yeah, it's more deliberate. Like it feels like there's an impact when a laser bolt hits your lightsaber. You need to be yeah. ready for it, not just loose wristed. You know, maybe it's because he's you know a, a crappy Jedi by comparison um, to those who spent their. It requires effort. Yeah. But he he it's jumps over. Physical he runs point. and jumps and pulls the guy out of the window, <laughs> climbing up the <laughs> yeah. side of the thing. And we didn't even talk about the head nod everybody Leia gives each other turret. about the plan. And again, Leia's in on it. Yeah, yeah the yeah. very clear R2-D2, R- R- a bartender. He literally yeah, salutes R2-D2. He gets D2. a fucking salute from his boss who's about to get murdered. And then he basically so the whole, like winks at him as a robot. The whole plan would have failed if R2-D2 could not secure the bartender position. <laughs> R2 is having a blast being a bartender, by the way. <laughs> He yeah. is, well, he doesn't get and just to backtrack to it, thinking about how hard C-3PO got bitched out by that droid who was like, you're a protocol droid, how many languages do you speak? He's like, I do this and that. He's like, no, no, yes or no answers only. And just thinking that R2-D2 is like, fuck this idiot. I'm about to like fucking <laughs> smooth talk my way into that bartender job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I want to see that. Yeah. How did he get that? He like tricked, you know, made the other guy look like he was stealing some money under the table. Oh, you're fired. Um. But yeah, barge gets blown up. Sarlacc, you know. Our favorite droids uh, drop in the sand and we're going to get like a little metal uh, detector thing <laughs> to drop down and pick them up. Did you and guys they like sink that? into that sand. Yard? They fucking, C-3PO would never be free again if he didn't get pulled out of that thing. No. I, I forgot they used the little magnet. Yeah, when I watched this again, I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, then very off. cool shot of uh, the Millennium Falcon in an X-Wing just... But no explanation, Adam. You know, they're on the skiff, they're flying away, and literally cut to space. It's like, all right, Luke, well, I heard you're about to go on your journey. Thanks for saving my life. And and Hans is like, hey, maybe I owe you one now. Ha ha ha. What a fun scene. Bye, guys. (laughs) I'm like, wow, what a weird energy to cap all that cool action off. (laughs) I do like also, I also like the uh, dialogue with Han and Luke where Luke's like, you know, I was born here. And he's like, you know you're gonna die here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Jacob, yeah, that's, that's a good the best that. line in Star Wars, maybe. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one's fantastic. I guess it's canon that Luke and his friends uh, used. To, it was a common dare in Tatooine to jump over the Sarlacc in a land speed. Uh, oh, really? As like, do a you test, do it in shadow? You know, it's like or a, maybe the original Kotor. Yeah. I think you have to do a speeder bike mission. That's you do a swoop bike level on Shadows of the Empire where you ramp over several. Um, fucking incredible which you know back to Lando and Han Solo swoop bikes weren't made canon until the Solo uh, until our cloud riders you're right Mike and and Solo and Lando uh, it's a it's a great you know sequence of blind Han trying to save Lando and it's great to have Lando Billy D's hair has ever looked for some reason right I mean yeah Lando looks incredible looks cool and he gets to be a good guy the whole movie I love (laughs) I love that we just get cool good guy Adam, when we meet him again, it's only been six months. Han goes, ah, so you're a general now. And he goes, ah, well, you know, they told somebody told the story about how I'm such a fucking stud. Anyways, let's go to space. I'm in charge now. I'm like, what the fuck? That guy's in charge? He was like the king of a planet in the last episode. And now he's a general in this military. Exactly. How desperate is the rebellion that they're like, hey, buddy, you've been here a week sweeping up. Just wanted to know your lieutenant sweeps up now. Well, you know, I do, yeah. And yeah, maybe a lot of generals were boffins 
And <laughs> they died. You are <laughs> <all> so <laughs> right. Many Yo, bosses. Fuck, our whole military just got wiped well, out. <laughs> oh, the poor Bothans. Well, let's go ahead and take a moment of silence here for the Bothans before we talk about Act 2. We're going Dagobah and uh, getting Endor next. We're back. Uh, we're we're not jumping from hyperspeed anymore. We're we're cooling things down. Our X-wing's going its own way. The Millennium Falcon's going its other way. Um, we're going into Act Two here. I just want to ask you guys: Are you fans of? Uh, because there's some distinct, I would say, filmmaking switches in the landscape of Star Wars, where we used to have these old films, specifically these three, uh, because the prequels don't even do it, where it's more chapter-based chapter-based versus intercut-based, where you really just see the segments play out, opposed to, oh, well, The Last Jedi, we got to check in with Rey, and we got to go to the casino, and we got to do this, and we got to do this, and it's all got to be in the same act, and we're cutting back and forth. Um, Mike, are you more of a fan of, like, the slow pace of these old Star Wars movies? I think to a degree we get that in these movies, too, because we do kind of go between... Um like at least Endor and the Death Star later, like that that sequence is very much bouncing back. This and forth. film is the shift, and that third act specifically, yeah. I would agree with you. But I like that. well in an Empire too. They have you know the Millennium Falcon and then Luke on Dagobah cutting back and forth, right? But I mean, I, I don't know yeah, the asteroids. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to kind of look at them that distinctly. But there is um, something with the pacing, I think, especially in the second act where things do really slow down. Like they give us this big action opening. And then it, it kind of slows down, and then the third act is really big and bombastic. It's like, hey, hold on, don't forget, that blonde guy you like is going to have to talk to a space frog at some point, and he will have to put a little blanket on him. Which this is, uh, is an interesting scene, too, because we do get to dig about, Adam, what do you think about this whole, like, hey, um, good to see you after six months, I'm dying now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. it's always been one of my least favorite chunks of the original trilogy. I didn't really know what to make of it. Uh, as a kid, it, it is confusing because Luke's like, "Hey, I'm ready to come back and train," and then it very quickly Yoda's just out. So, I, I mean, I don't dislike it; I'm cool with it. But it was confusing as a kid. There's a lot that's confusing about the Dagobah sequence. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, why? You know, Yoda's 900 years old, but he can't hang on to life a few more minutes to like explain oh, everything so he needs to explain to Luke. <laughs> Sick I am. Is I'm Vader my father? So uh, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, well, sleep I gotta forever, sleep. I, I gotta must. sleep. <laughs> he literally says, all right, I have to I sleep mean, forever now. And I'm like, oh no, if anybody ever said that to me in my life, I would just start crying. I mean, I think it's a tactic that Yoda knows he needs to use to help Luke grow. Otherwise, he'd just come back as a force ghost immediately. I mean, I still think these crappy old ways of the Jedi Council are seeping in like this is very prequel action all the way through where they're just kind of manipulating Luke in this, this Dagobah yeah. sequence. That's I think true. Right Obi-Wan comes out and they're like, Hey, you got to go kill your dad. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, then you fucking lost. It's like, no. And that's Mike, the thing with like the this stuff. I like, like Adam said, it makes the prequels and kind of like you guys made Vader because you did the same shit to Anakin. Like you made him suppress his emotions and exactly. Like, 
so I liked that Luke is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not going to kill my dad like later. So this is the, you know, this, they're set in their old ways of the Jedi. We see it in the prequels. Uh, we're seeing it, you know, Obi-Wan telling him to kill his dad. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And he's like, well, the Empire will win then. There's no other way. And and then we see parallels, and we'll talk about it, you know, in the last Jedi episode. But I think old Luke has learned some lessons from the failures of the Jedi and is trying to adapt. And that's why he's he's saying, you know, the Jedi must end because, you know, they're so rigid in their ways and they're, you know, they're vain and that kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of connectivity with Luke's, you know, the Jedi and then Luke's character in, through all three trilogies. I think the thing that upsets me most and that is clearly built in as a link to the rest of a wider story is like the reveal that Leia is Luke's sister. And really the only way that gets paid off is if there is a sequel trilogy where Leia is a Jedi um, or if Luke fails in his mission here. Like, it's so weird to have that reveal and be like, don't worry about it, Luke. There's another Skywalker. And then he's he's fine. You know, aside it being a motivating factor for him and right. it doesn't pay off for me. It mostly well, like weirds me out. I wonder what the plan was because you know, I know George Lucas didn't make them brother and sister until this movie, but in Empire Yoda does say there is another. So I wonder who he was originally be? referring to. Well, Han um, Solo, clearly. C3PO. Oh, Chewbacca. could be. <laughs> but no, uh, but then I also heard, you know, there they originally, he originally wanted Luke to go on like a quest to find his long lost sister, but then they thought, you know, that would take too long. So then they just made Leia's sister instead. Oh, George, mm-hmm. I'm reading the script here. Did you know we already have a female character? <laughs> yeah, we only need one. <laughs> yeah, that's a little brutal. But, but I do, I do love, um, I'm not a big fan of Force Ghosts, um, but we get Obi Wan back. Did someone and, say my and, name? I'm here for a paycheck. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm just boy. hanging out on Dagobah still. And um, the last thing Obi-Wan says ever is bury your feelings deep within yourself. <laughs> they may be made to serve the Empire <laughs> or the Emperor, Ooh. whichever it is. Because and, we're... Sorry, go. I just... I I like that, that that is a very prequel, you know, like yeah. view. And I also... I think it's helpful. I think it's kind of cool. Like I know that being open with your emotions is a healthy thing, but uh, I like that the Jedi are focused on, you know, be calm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think they're making the same mistakes that they're, they made with Anakin and they see the dark side within Luke and they're doing the same exact thing. And so, but Luke, you know, obviously reacts differently to it. Luke is he's a better Jedi than they are. He is, truly, because he he takes this line, and it truly is just a a scene of great lines with kind of no meaning behind them, where Yoda will say, like, that's a shame. And Luke's like, that I know who my father is? He's like, no, that you faced him so early. And it's like, well, that's kind of impactful. Yeah. Well, they were right, because, I mean, Vader did lure him into a trap, but... But they were wrong because he's like, I know there's good in him. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. nah, you got to murder your dad. And yeah, I think that's where the prequels are additive to the original trilogy. We've kind of been discussing this going throughout, like, have they hurt or helped things? I think with Luke's arc, they, they definitely did because you see how corrupt the Jedi Order had been. And like Jacob said, how vain and kind of this toxic idea of how you have to bury your emotions. 
the Sith are, they embrace their mm-hmm. emotions, right? And I could see that being alluring. Like, yeah, I feel things and no one lets me, no one validates those emotions. Right. But Palpatine exactly. does, right? So I really like that. It, it, it makes you understand why the dark side could have seduced these paragons of yeah, justice because Alec the people Guinness who they were around never supported the balls them. balls to have his last line be, forget everything you know, just bury it deep. I don't care if you're gay or straight or whatever, like just fucking go in the closet. It's like, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's sitting on a log. Like ghosts get tired too. <laughs> can I say, so can I give my theory on what the real problem with this scene is? This is the worst Yoda puppet mm-hmm. in existence. There's a moment, because he's sicker, he's kind of jaundicey. Adam, I would love your take on the original look, too. He's like a little yellowier. There are moments where he's talking to Luke where the puppet's eyes are not looking in the same direction. They're completely yeah, crossed. Cross like One lot. of them is like kind of like blinking, like half blinking almost, where I'm like, oh, Yoda's either very sick or like drunk. His jaw is very pointy. Um, yeah, it's, it's rough. The eyes and his teeth are maybe sharper and more prominent. It's very different. I got a little unintentional comedy from his dying monologue because (laughs) he's just kind of going on. He says Luke like three, he goes Luke and then says something that says Luke again. And I keep thinking he's going to die and it just says Luke again and he has something else to tell him. (laughs) One more thing. Trailing off. I don't know. I, Luke, I always had right. problems. Yes. <laughs> Can you just tell me? I'm more sitting in a chair that? built for a kindergartner, and I just put a rag over you that's covering your entire body. It's like fucking. I can hear you. I love the Hobbit hole, man. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Mark Hamill. Like, could you imagine having to act across from that? And like, I think for the most part, he <laughs> pulls it off. Very true. Yeah, that's true. He looks scene. the weirdest in this scene too. Like, he looks so cool in this movie, and. The way the way the scene is, like everyone just doesn't look cool at all in yeah. this sequence. Like even Alec Guinness, you're like, man, you've aged no, a lot. He as a looks ghost. so disheveled. <laughs> Alec Guinness is like, all right, yes, let's put the robes on. Yes, yes, yes. And, <laughs> now, George, you've signed the check or not? Because the minute you sign it, you're going to have to hit record. And <laughs> it's like, oh my god. <laughs> he literally manifests, takes like three steps, and sits down. Like that. Yeah. Like, that is what I would do as a force man. ghost, though. I would appear completely horizontal. People would be like, "Oh my god, get up!" <laughs> but I, but I like this scene. I don't think it's too. I mean, like some of the message they give to Luke is weird, but I, I don't think the puppet's that weird. He just looks like he's wow. dying. But what is weird is kind of looking at not to do the whole Mandalorian thing, but if we know that the species is a baby until age right. fifty, Yoda was training Jedi at age hundred, roughly. And then you just are ready to and die. And he's still able to lightsaber yeah. fight and flip around until like 850. Like Guys, can yeah. you fucking yeah. imagine if why Luke was like just like standing there going through his things like with a sick little Yoda in his bed. He pulled out a tiny little lightsaber like that was like that big. And he like turned it on and Yoda was like, yes, impressive. No. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> Judge me by my size, do you? <laughs> Yeah, the, oh, the introduction yeah, of, of he, he lost it, Baby Yoda and Mandalorian brings up a lot of questions about their aging cycle, I guess. Well, I mean, he's also been living on Dagobah for however long now. That might have advanced his aging. You know? could yeah. be, it's not could, living that, that posh palace lifestyle anymore. And would you say basic <laughs> is their inherited language, or do you think there is some sort of Yoda? I think there's a reason 
I, I think the reason they're not able to speak correctly all the time, I think that's one of the reasons their syntax is off. Or why oh, Yoda's right. syntax is mm. off. If, if this, this baby Yoda in Mandalorian grows up, Adam, to speak completely normal, I will be like, fucking Yoda was <laughs> dropped on his head and he, co- he po- conned the entire Jedi Order. He's like an idiot savant with the force. It's like he's just very good at it. But it does seem um, like the species is naturally force sensitive, right? Because every every right. member of the species that we've seen any in anything has been a Jedi or force sensitive. Oh, so. Say their name. It's interesting. Say their name. Yeah. Uh, I don't know their name. Yaddle. Yoda. Yeah. Oh, Yaddle. I thought you meant the species. Say, Say Yaddle. Yaddle. <laughs> Yiddle. I love it. But then we get a. Akin to another character in a couple movies here, just vanishing into a, a piece of cloth. I guess this is the second time in, up to this point. And I guess this is because Qui-Gon has already taught them how to, you know, become one with the Force. So since they already did their training yeah. with that, they're they're good to just turn into to poofs. And Adam, right? Qui-Gon learned yep. that, in, in your opinion, in the moment that he was cut in half by the devil in the Duel of Fates? <laughs> like, where where does he gain that ability? We did not see him disappear into clothes. But I would agree, because Yo- you're right, Yoda says, you know, much to learn you do in, in, in uh, Revenge of the Sith. You know, with Qui-Gon we must commune. Yeah, I think maybe mm-hmm. he was learning it on the sly. Maybe there's a little bit of Sith energy involved or something. I believe there's a a canon novel that deals with it. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there was some flashbacks, too, in Clone Wars that dealt with more Qui-Gon. Oh, my God. Give me that Liam Neeson series now that he's like a (laughs) 70-year-old man pretending to be like 30-year-old Qui-Gon again. He does he does come back as a Force ghost in Clone Wars, and I think he goes to Yoda and like shows Yoda how to Force ghost during the Clone Wars. Yeah. As a force ghost himself. Yeah, because he's the one who figured it out first, uh, presumably. But that's it. Then Luke, you know, they say you got to kill your dad. He says, I don't want to. He's like, well, you know what? I'm going to go try to meet up with my friends and see what I can do. Fuck your you, old Jedi Your training is complete. Dude, Goodbye. That's right. And then, you know, the Emperor does arrive on the second Death Star. You know, just this is the first time we see him good, in the flesh, good. actually. Yeah, which is a very cool entrance too, with all the soldiers lined up and Vader's Oh yeah, that's the shot them. I was talking about. Triumph of the Will. Right there. Yeah, yeah, very sick. Um and then, you know, we get the scene with everybody regrouping with the uh, rebel forces, setting up the plan and like the exposition about the Death Star two is being built and we have to go blow it up basically where Lando's Sweet the general. Hologram. You figure uh, Han Solo uh, would be uh, a little more mad. <laughs> and it is a sweet hologram, that's exactly right, Adam. And a lot of Mon Calamari, which I always thought was cool as a kid. All these different... Um, I don't know his name, everybody. guys, yeah. but did you know Admiral Akbar has a first name? Uh, when I looked him up you know, to do the notes, it was like Admiral Quee Akbar. I was like, what? This guy's the coolest. <laughs> I think it's Allahu. He really is. He's, he's like the greatest strategic mind. It, of, it uh, helps build the universe that the Rebellion has some aliens and leadership positions. Um at this well, point you know i feel like we do a lot of like background defending of last jedi i apologize that this entire podcast is colored by that this podcast series but that's kind of like if you talk about star wars you have to talk about that culture because it's very prevalent right now but a lot of people had so much hatred for admiral holdo 
Laura Dern's character just popping up out of nowhere. Who is this chancellor lady who's the head of the rebel, you know, alliance? We've never seen her before. Mon Mothma? Mon Mothma, yeah. Our favorite yeah. character, yeah. Mon Mothma? <laughs> yeah. See her in Dark Forces. Yeah, she has a similar... Yeah, Mon Mothma's uh, around in the EU a, a lot, uh, holds a lot of sway. But it is interesting that Princess Leia, you know, this leader of the rebellion, never really acts as a leader of the rebellion, you know, in these movies. Yeah, until the yeah. post-schools, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. post-schools, as yeah. I call them. Um, I mean, in the, in the New Hope, you presume she's probably like leading but then she gets captured and after that point it seems like it's been uh, the mon mothma and i think that's another thing well with you know because solo han gets to be called general solo and then lando's general collision but i think you know if this 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 movie was made today she would be general leia but you know it was the 80s but also we're just gonna still call that thing chewbacca or chewy how dare you how dare (laughs) you and when in this movie he's looking his best he's figured out to part his hair opposed to pushing it back and it looks (laughs) fucking amazing yeah he's looking good shuttle i love um I'll say for for me, this is the weakest Han Solo movie. I think the the palace Agreed. sequence is the coolest Han we get in this movie. Uh, but his relationship with Chewie mm. is uh, is cool all the way all the way through on this one, they especially really when they're piloting buddies. the shuttle when they're in prison, and he has a little bit of sentimentality. You know, like he has a not to cheapen Chewbacca's a life form, but he does like he he allows himself to be vulnerable like you would with your dog, which you know. Originally, George kind of want, like had that idea yeah, of him being a yeah. dog, right? And I think the solo movie again is additive in this case because they're like kind of in prison, you know, and it's like, oh, they've been in jail before mm-hmm. together. Like this is remembering where they came from when they first became buddies. So. For sure. Yeah. So then we go to Endor, right? Yes. Uh, Not a planet, the moon, but a forest, the forest moon. moon of Endor. Which they say Which that. Why a would lot. there be trees on a moon? I don't think that's geologically. I don't consistent. know. Also, why wouldn't you just name it? Why would you? I mean, I I know our moon's called Moon, but you know, why wouldn't you just say like uh, that's you know the blah 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 since things live on it. Uh, well, you have in four. I feel like maybe even though this is a uh, a place that has a life, I feel it's uh, and an unexplored part of the galaxy, and that's why the Empire is building there their secret quote unquote, you know, second the death star here. It's far removed. Yeah. So they haven't like, it's not explored enough. You know, they just saw it in the distance and we're like, ah, that's indoor. And then it's got, you know, forest moon and there's an ice moon and a lava moon. <laughs> that's, that's my kid. And now video game. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask this then, because we've been saying second death star as if it's like a normal thing. There's some criticism around this, like, oh, geez, another Death Star. Star, like, how do you guys feel about the second Death Star? As uh, it out? bummed me out. You know that opening crawl. It talks about the Empire's new secret weapon. It doesn't say second Death Star. Uh, I've come to terms with it because it's such a cool like assault run on the second Death Star. You know, whatever. <laughs> like, okay. I, so it's fine. It makes sense that you wouldn't spend all the money to re-engineer you know, a death weapon if you had one that worked. True. Just maybe <laughs> cover work. that exhaust port, yeah. right? 
<laughs> yeah, that's but I'm sick of you didn't see the specs. You know, on the hologram, it shows the exhaust port is now covered. <laughs> it, it's got a grate over it, so it can still right. ventilate. Can't get a but proton, can't get a photon torpedo through. Um, yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I wish it was something different than just like an identical looking, you know, half built Death Star. Like it would have been cool, but you know, it is what it is. I think I would argue this should be Star Killer Base. Like, this is what it should have built towards. You make the forest moon of Endor literally the weapon. That's why they have to go there and do it. And then you just split the party easily. You get Luke in the throne room, and you get the others doing exactly what they do, neutralizing the super weapon. Turning out down the shield so they can do an assault. Yeah, and they've been, meanwhile, wrecking the indigenous species of the Ewoks, and hence, you know... Hey, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, Indigenous species, the Ewoks. Um, Do you guys know why it's the Ewoks and not Wookiees, as was originally intended? Sadly, I think I do. Because Wookiees are from Kashyyyk. toys? I think it's because of toys. toys. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. The, The excuse that they give is that George Lucas was like, yes, and it's these primitive people and they're fighting against this stuff and it's all about like the revolutionary war, how, you know, like uh, the the lower class, you know, beat the higher class, blah, blah, blah. And uh, somebody goes to him. Nature. Exactly. And somebody goes to him, but uh, that dog that you're saying would be the rest of these savages, he pilots that spaceship with his best friend and he goes, fuck, I already established that those things know technology. Okay, so they're (laughs) tiny dogs. (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah he has a laser crossbow yeah, yeah like can't that, that makes around. a lot of sense okay. yeah man probably a combination of things do you guys like them but we so we end up yeah. on end with our favorite fans of Ewoks uh, do you like them Mike? Ewoks another question yeah I, I didn't hate him I never hated him as a kid I think these this set of scenes are a little slow and like you know they're whatever but I don't hate them I don't hate Ewoks yeah I, I definitely fine and I definitely don't, don't like, mind them. I mean, they're not my favorite part of this movie, but uh, no, I, I, I don't mind them. I like them. Yes, yeah, nub nub. I agree, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would feel much better about them if the technical limitations of those costumes hadn't prevented them from just like looking more adequate at stabbing and hitting things with rocks. Like, that's really my, my problem with the Ewoks is that it does look ridiculous when they're destroying stormtroopers that aren't shooting at them. Um, so it, aside from, you know, the limitations of of the suits, yeah, they're fine. I don't have a problem. Like, I enjoy them for the most part. Like, outside of the fight scenes, I think they're really enjoyable. Although so I, I wondered, I wondered I like this time them. for the first time, listening to their language, I was like, I wonder if this is like appropriating some real language. Okay, and this okay, is really probably. Offensive. Adam, probably. that is fascinating that you said this. <laughs> Later, when C three PO is doing his impression of their language, one of them, I swear to God, says to C three PO, "Yo, soy," as in like you know, like as if he was about to start speaking <laughs> like Spanish. Spanish. I was like, oh, "What no. the fuck?" <laughs> well, knowing, seeing There's some of the so you phonetic. know racial stereotype aliens in the prequels, it would not surprise me. Um, at all. But while we're talking about Ewoks, I did want to mention, so I'd be curious, Colin, especially if you ever heard of this, um, comic that I read when I was like 12 years old, I couldn't remember the name of it for a while. I looked it up today. It was in like a, a, like a tales from star Wars, like compilation. Um, yeah. Omnibus. And it was, and I found it, it's called apocalypse Endor. 
Oh Have my you heard God. of that? No, that sounds incredible. What are you about to tell yeah. me? Yeah. So it's a comic from the Stormtroopers' point of view, and um, it's basically all about how the the Ewoks are just basically like these crazy guerrilla fighters who are just like killing them in like the most brutal, savage ways, and like doing all these guerrilla tactics. But basically, Genius. the Stormtroopers first land to build the the shield generator. And the first contact, they put gu- they put flowers in the stormtroopers' guns, and the stormtroopers are like, they're blocking our guns, blast them! And that's their first contact. So since then, they've had like this vendetta against the stormtroopers. They start just killing them mercilessly, um, and it's it's really interesting. Kent State, that's too much. Oh man, yeah, I, you showed me this too, and it kind of answers like kind of the issue that Adam said, where they don't feel yeah. threatening. And it's like, when I looked at this comic, it's like, yeah, they're shooting arrows into yeah. like the mm-hmm. gaps in the armor. They're building spike pits. Like, they're actually I just very want effective. A few clo- if like, you're going to edit the films, cool. just throw in a close-up of an arrow hitting a neck, you know? Or yeah. a rock, like, cracking yeah. a helmet open. Agreed. But they do they do die. Multiple of them die, which, True. which helps. It, it makes things more palatable for me. It is a because, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're laying down their lines out there they're yeah they're sacrificing themselves for the cause the same way the rebels have um another thing so we get we we get to meet some ewoks uh but before we really get to know them we have an excellent speeder bike chase uh but what causes that is take them out quietly (laughs) (laughs) it's me i thought that line (laughs) was so cool when i was a kid i said it all the time if someone would question me i would turn around and try to do that weird like smirk like that passive aggressive, like, you know, it's me, man. (laughs) You think I'm going to screw up? And then uh, immediately does and looks down at it for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, with the amount of cutaways they show every time somebody loses a lightsaber in the prequels, like they have to show it going off a cliff. Like they did not show his foot on a stick um in my version which i thought for sure was <laughs> I like that. A broken stick. mike these are uh your favorite the scout yeah. troopers as far as the look for the stormtroopers, right oh yeah i like the I something about this. the shy the guy bike. face oh, that they have God. you know the shy guy from mario it's like so perfect the helmet that they have yeah i love it as well it's like and if you it feels like it would have like a binocular function, you know, or some type of scanner built in. Like it just looks like it serves a different purpose than it, your run-of-the-mill stormtrooper. I think I that's love why their I like tiny it. pistols. They're cool. They're little snub oh, yeah. pistols. They're rad. It's like the noisy cricket. It's got like yep, a little yep. extender on the end of it too. Yeah. I love that, man. And just the way this thing was filmed, like where they just took the camera through the the redwood forest in California and we were talking about it earlier off pod like some of the compositing work on these really it, holds oh yeah out. it looks sick you it feel looks it. really good and and also I I feel like I miss Leia getting to be kind of a firebrand in this movie uh, it's just she's not the same Leia as in Episode Four for whatever mixture of reasons and that starts to happen even with Empire mm. that she goes from being like kind of bombastic to more Agreed. of a supporting role. We but definitely talked about she's that. She's talking last shit one. to Vader in the yeah, first scene. Yeah. Her movie, Hope. Mike. She, yeah. she takes the blaster right. Ah, somebody's got to save us. Like she has yeah. so much agency. And then, yeah, I think you're right, Adam. I yeah, never I really have, thought about that. She, she does gets a little she, bit here, I mean, but not. This is not the as one much. part where she really feels like she's in the heat of the moment. And also to get like just Luke and Leia together being badass in a sequence. And it's a long sequence. Like it doesn't. 
it's not a letdown at any point. Like, yeah, and I would cool. say, Colin, like you said, A New Hope is Leia's movie, Empire is Han's movie, and both yeah. of them aren't um, aren't as good as in this uh, And this is yeah. Luke. You're drawing and my this is movie, covers yeah. now. That's how they should have been, Jacob. You're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. This feels also like a proto-pod yeah. racing. Like it's oh, got that Mike, speed Mike, and that Mike, I was danger, thinking about pod racing. You know? um, uh, earlier, when we see the ghost, he's sitting on the log. When I first met your father, he was one of the greatest pilots I'd ever met. And in my mind, I'm like, Met? So you're talking about <laughs> that moment. You're talking about the yippee in pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But was 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 Obi Wan there for the pod racing? Though I thought he was on the but ship. But they had a bunch of adventures know. where yeah. he sees Anakin fly yeah, different ships. Yeah, but don't you think? Oh, I guess you're right. The first time he didn't see him wasn't the pod racing. I thought for sure he was there. Ah. He did blow up that trade federation. Obi Wan just bring home. A yeah, he blew kid. up that trade federation but, ship when yeah. he was like eleven years old. So. All right, um, yeah, I know I'm your master, but I'm this kid's master too now. Oh, all right, Quigon. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll talk about that whole arc in a little bit too. But after what's interesting too is you see these these speeders just crashing into trees and these guys getting destroyed, but then our heroes can just like fall off of them. Without a broken bone, even well, though they're presumably comes off, like 200 the, miles the an hour. The stunt of Luke getting thrown into the air, he does a roll. <laughs> like when in a video game, you can fall from a million meters and then do a roll and be fine. But like he does that roll mm-hmm. and it's one uncut shot. And I was, it's a really great like stunt work all through the sequence. Um, but I can't remember Leia yeah. coming off of hers and being. She kind of falls into just like... And she, well, she does. She is friend. knocked out cold, right? Yeah, she's knocked out. Well, she, no, she she falls and sees and the guy crashes out. and then like <laughs> right. in relief. Yeah. Yeah, she has to confirm that right, he's I'll dead and then she passes out. Yeah. Well, Luke gets that sweet, that uh, more laser blast blocked. So cool. It's, it's almost like the front yeah. off you think of one he of them. can only look so good in this movie, and then he puts on like a camo shawl or like overthrow thing, <laughs> and you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy is fucking styling. <laughs> I'll take that yes. toy as well. Thank you. With his weird little like duck hunting helmet. <laughs> and the speeder bike. Yeah, so the party again is split now on Endor, where we have uh, Han and Chewie's side. Leia and Luke get split, and Leia ends up meeting our first Ewok, like, up close and personal. Um, this is Warwick Davis. Um, Debut. Do we Wicked. know the name of this Ewok? I always forget. Wicket. And Wicked. he does a great yeah. job. And Warwick, and he's Wicked been spotted in the costume for Rise of Skywalker, so we'll see. He's in uh, Rogue One as well. What that... Yeah, he makes a lot of appearances, actually, in this story. I think he was in Force Awakens in the bar Harry as well. Potter, too. Um, in Moss Kanata's yeah, Get out of here, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That'd be one of them. Nice. But, um, yeah, so she meets the Ewoks. Uh, they meet a stormtrooper. They realize that they have similar goals. Uh, Wicket kind of helps her. They by realize the they have similar then, goals. You know, Mike, this allies. is a woman playing with a child that she's just doing, like, tricks to to earn his trust. <laughs> there's there's no communication going you on want here. Some food? I don't know. Later when they pull her out and she's part but of the, the storm team. Trooper, yeah. I'll give you that. But later when they pull her out, I'm like, what the fuck? She should be the queen of these things. What do you care about this god? It seems like you're really just, like, treating this lady nice. Because she has food, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, eventually, yeah, the party starts to, to oh, we go to got to go find Leia, and they uh, 
Chewbacca's stomach kind of gets the better. <laughs> I, I love that. We've all been there. We've all Always been there. Our dog just fucking <laughs> runs away and gets in the trash, and you have to go, Chewbacca, no, get over here. I do love the, the, the like exactly. his confused noises and like, ooh, <laughs> I'm hungry. Please don't touch that thing. And then they get caught up in the net. And then we almost get another lightsaber moment. Yeah, you know, Han's going to get to use a lightsaber again. Yes, please. R2 cuts one thread. R2D2. That's how nets work, right? Yeah, th- and this scene too, like, so they're on the ground after they fall out of the net. And, like, you th- you don't realize they're surrounded and the Ewoks kind of emerge from the bushes. But in the version that I have, um, yeah. like you can clearly see through the gap there's, of the, there's just one standing really? very still. Yeah, until the camera. I think it's, it's one of those things it's that you would menacing. never notice on a first watch. But knowing that they're about to pop up, that that white one is just standing right there, which is That's funny. incredible. So still. It's like really scary, actually. I wonder if that's in the the Disney version. I didn't notice that. I'm probably going to check that out once we finish. It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's terrifying. But they get taken back to the Ewok camp and they they think that R2 or C-3PO is because he's shiny and gold. Tell them you'll use your magic, C-3PO. Tell them you'll use your magic if you get angry. Oh, but what magic? I don't have magic. I'm an idiot because I've seen you do amazing things and I'm not picking up anything. Yeah, that's the thing is like, yeah, 3PO is like so difficult. Like, come on, man, help us out a little bit. (laughs) He's oblivious. I don't want to lie. Yeah, he's terrible. But we get to see Luke use the force like he couldn't lift the X-Wing, but he, you know, now levitates C-3PO and they're like, oh, my God, you know, this is a this guy's got some magic. And then, uh, you know, our heroes get freed, basically. What do you think about the sequence, Adam, the whole uh, sacrificial dinner and uh, thinking C-3PO is a god and that's a little... It, it works for sequence. me. Uh, and some of it might be nostalgia. Like, I I thought it was great watching Han Solo almost get burned. All of, like, the kind of, like, it's pretty cheesy comedy, but I, I like it all like, the way And just his, like, aw shucksness that they, like, think C-3PO is good. And he's like, what? That guy's a loser, basically. Like, Harrison Ford <laughs> really is playing it up. You're right. Yeah. And just immediately grabbing the spear and being confrontated. Like, Harrison Ford is the, is the, the worst at interacting else. with the Ewoks. <laughs> like, you can tell he's just rolling his eyes. And there's the one that, like, gives him, like, like is yeah. really attached to him and is, like, hugging his leg at the party. And he's just, like, You are now part man. of the tribe. It's what I always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. This is some good Han, actually, because he's just so dismissive. Um, and I, I actually like their like little culture. I like the design of their like outfits and their little like bird skull yeah. hats. Like I, I, like I like how different I they like are. Their little, I like how different they are. Diversity. Yeah. What would you guys say is playing Definitely. those little versions of them? They're babies. They're they're super small versions. Because I was looking this time, I was like, is that a practical monkey? Like some sort of small thing <laughs> that they're shooting, or is that a fucking puppet? I think it's a little hand puppet, and they're probably the only thing in the Star Wars universe that's like close to being as cute. Yeah, as Yeah, baby Yoda. Ewoks, very cute. They are. There's they so are much. And I also porgs, was always thinking. <laughs> I like porgs. I like porgs, porgs too. Come on. <laughs> no, they're, they're delicious. But I do like the scene where C three PO is explaining basically the plot of the other two movies. That is <laughs> with sound effects the and everything. Best. 
ooh, shaka wee, and he's like doing the ship going. <laughs> wrong to go. And you see the one guy, he's like smoking a little pipe. I love yeah, it. Yeah, dude. And, and they're all, Han Solo yeah. like looks over at Leia and like gives her a smile at one point. She kind of puts her head on his shoulder, touches him. Again, it's been six months. Uh, the last time they spoke was her saying like, I love you and him getting encased in carbonite. So that relationship is moving a little fast, but it is so sweet. Mm-hmm. They, they like, I, I always like that sequence. This is the first time that I watched it and I was like, what the heck is he saying? Like he's, he's saying one sentence about each major event. There's no like context. Because that's for the thing. It's he's so literally strange. explaining the plot. But, of but, a new hope but like and Adam's saying, it's like one sentence, he moves his hand at the Millennium Falcon, next is Darth Vader, and then he'll just kind of make a different noise. I'm like, I've seen these movies, C3PO. I know that's not how it played out. <laughs> and then it chimney to do, and then each Vader, and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> he's, just, he's just giving him the basics, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it works. Like, I, I'm nitpicking, and it's silly too. I like all the sound effects in there, and yeah. of course, like I like the Ewoks reacting like they're seeing the first footage of a train. You know, yeah. <laughs> like they've they've never heard yeah. reproduced audio. Oh <laughs> right, God. true. And just explaining, like, oh wow, your guests are like some, yeah. a big deal. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So all in all, it's a little slow as far as like plot advancement, but it. it I don't know. I don't. I don't hate it. It, it just kind of slows things. Yeah, we get the sneak one more away thing. at the end. Yeah, the reveal, the bridge sequence, the and then Hamill. things heat yeah, exactly. up. Oh yeah, heat up. We're getting some days oh, off yeah. of New Hope, but they're back on a bridge. <laughs> Time for that. <laughs> that we know we're brother sister and still kiss moment that really weirded me out. Somehow, up. I've always known. Oh, you did? You knew like last You've movie when you kissed me? Several yeah, times. I think that's when they. I think that's when they realized. <laughs> that's the <laughs> oh yeah you know george just, i'm looking at the dailies that these movie. two really don't have any chemistry together oh yeah i think you're right i think they should probably be <laughs> brothers and sisters <laughs> well that's what's weird too because the end of um you know empire it's like they're there's like she kisses them mm, twice in the love movie. triangle right but like that you always knew but then so you kiss luke at the end when he's recovering but then you're also in love with hans i guess that's how they do it yeah i don't know and mark hamill's performance is so like thoughtful Mm. and intense like he's just like staring at her it's 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 crazy guys it's uh i i like the sequence more watching it this time than i have in a long time um it's also rushed and there are so many questions that should be asked um, but it is, you know, it's driven by his legitimate concern that Darth Vader is just going to come for them. Yes. It boils down to Vader is our dad and he can follow me with his mind and I know he's here. Let's go. And you're like, whoa, and that's I'm, all new information. Yeah. There's no like clearing it up. <laughs> here it is. But it is like, I guess I got to get all this out because I think I might die. Like that's, what's cool about this whole sequence forward is like yeah. Luke has really accepted death sacrificial like, yeah he, he never fears death for the rest of the movie it's just like all right i'm gonna be jedi now well like his father before him adam that's right nice nice and he does establish like when they're even flying into the the moon uh he, he's like 
I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. Like, because Vader senses him, you know, like, and he yeah. can sense Vader there. And, like, when, like, it's, uh, a, it's an I'm old so code. I'm so glad we got the checks core out. trilogy I was just going together, to clear them. though, Mike. Like, that's pretty important for them to have at least kind of one mission as they go in and be like, yeah, this is the end of this movie. You yeah. want to see your favorite characters together. But he is aware that, like, he's being tracked. So, yeah, he's got to get it all out. Um, it's also weird where Leia, you know, like, do you remember your mother? Like, there's that whole bit that's yeah, a little that muddy really by the prequels. Me, uh, when I saw episode three, um, because that's so clear. I just assume it's some kind of force, like, like some remnant of her aura that she's able to, like, you, maintain. It, it was imprinted. You guys don't remember your mom from, like, right when you came out of the womb? I do. <laughs> and was handed immediately <laughs> to right. robot. Your mom died nurse. of a broken heart, though, Jacob. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought my Physically, mom was there's nothing the robot. Wrong with, her, but... with force powers, <laughs> since you can look forward, can you look back, Mike? That's an interesting question. Maybe she did have some sort of dream of that moment. Yeah, it could have been imprinted. And there's, like, another moment where they sense, you know, they sense each other. Like, she senses Luke later, so... Um, yeah, but he's got to, you know, like Adam said, he might die when he goes and he knows uh, that their father's there. It's also weird that she's not like, wait a minute, that guy that imprisoned me is my dad. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really Or Vader, because Vader never, like, talk. he finds out that he has a sister, but she, he, I don't way think she, he finds out that it's Leia because he doesn't have any reaction to, like, it being Leia. It's just that it, he has a sister. Yeah. Sister. Yeah. So she does have the, the an appropriate, act. like, everything catching up breakdown. Further complicated by Han Solo coming out and being a dick. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. Yeah, that's actually some of the best part of this. He's like, yeah. Oh, Luke, you can tell like, Luke, right? Oh, so yeah, like what were you guys too. talking about? You think that's some of the best <laughs> guys? I was like, what? We're still doing this stuff? I Well, it's because he's just oblivious. And then he kind of puts his foot in his mouth. Kind of I jealous. hated it yeah, growing up. I like that. Uh, and I didn't understand the like, hold me. I was like, what is going on? Uh, but having grown up and been in relationships, it all kind of rang true to me. It's all a little it's complicated. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, lucky. I mean, <laughs> they, they all fell like. apart. <laughs> they, I just watched Star Wars. With, you know, much, much older people <laughs> trying to take my money. Anyway. <laughs> oh, like Palpatine. But um, yeah, so like, I, I, I like that Like as an adult now. Yeah, I, I like that more than I did as a kid because it's like, you know, sometimes you just don't have the Especially to when you just found out you just a, a dude you kissed is your brother and <laughs> the guy who tortured you is your pa. <laughs> yeah, and you turn around and your boyfriend yells yeah. at you for talking to your to brother process. and you're like, it's yeah. kind of a small world, isn't it? Like, my dad blew up <laughs> my home planet. He's like, what? <laughs> George has also said they're a soap opera and I guess yeah, that, that yes. Bond yeah. is the soap opera director. Thank you. Like. Exactly, mm, Adam. Yeah. And it's not yes. even, he says it's not sci-fi. He hates that term. It's not science fiction. It's not sci-fi. It's space opera. You know, what I'm doing is, is telling Shakespeare in the stars and you're like, Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I think it, as we move towards act three, I, I think that's a pretty apt description yeah. of what we're about yeah. to get into. Um, if we don't have anything else for kind of this preamble to the climax, I'm ready to jump into uh, taking down the shield generator and you know facing down the Let's Emperor do and it. Darth Vader. Yup, yup, Commander. Let's.
back. We're coming to the end here. We're talking about the last part as we take a very slow elevator up a tree and Endor and we get on another one of those little ships. We're going to start heading to the Death Star 2. Yes. I love I love that walker walking up beside that platform. Yeah. And getting to briefly see the inside of the troop, you know, container. You oh, can yeah, tell that Adam cool. that he was like, there were some things that worked in Empire. Let me take some of that stuff and put it in Jedi. And they're all terrain, you know? So, yeah, they would have them here. And, and it, of course, it, you know, then we get the ATSTs as well, the two-legged ones. And and there is a shot in, I believe, the original. It, they, they added another one in Empire with the extended versions. But I think there is a chicken walker in the original Empire cut. Am I hmm. wrong? It's, I, it's just very I briefly. think isn't there one inside the base or am I truly reliving Dash Rendar? I don't remember uh, ever seeing Dash <laughs> in Shadow of the Empire. You're right, Adam. I'm reliving Cal Kestis. <laughs> I never remember the ATST, but we do get those here. For some people, I guess this was the introduction, but everything with Luke and Vader and the Emperor is cinematic gold. And I think the prequels help every single one of these scenes that involve yeah. Emperor Luke and Vader. I think this is the strongest. Yeah, yeah. Some of the strongest Agreed. character work in Star Wars period. And the prequels Agreed, make it better. Yeah, I have to agree with that for sure. Adam, what do you think about prequels? Are they additive or subtractive to this? Because I think they're great. I, I think I'm always going to have a little issue of imagining Hayden Christensen the Anakin Hayden Christian plays inhabiting Darth Vader. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's cool to think about Anakin's like journey ending here. Um, and it is more compelling. Like, because when I first watched this, I was like, why is Vader being so chill right now? You know, with Luke, isn't he just evil? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think if anything, if anything takes away from it, it is, it is the the continuing evil of Darth Vader through all of the 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 canon, you know, Darth Vader just slaying Jedi at this point. Um, but you yeah. know, maybe he's an old man now. He's and he's seeing his son for the first time. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I'm babbling. It's he's very cool. I love it. <laughs> I think he definitely had some regrets, and you can kind of hear you you can hear it in his voice. And I think James James Earl Jones does a really good voice acting job in this. And like you can hear, like he wants to, like there's that little bit in them that just wants to like go with Luke and just forget all this Sith business. Do you guys think, think there's a little relief me. inside um, knowing the prophecy, having been told by a council of people that you are the chosen one, and then here you are, maybe this could kid could be it instead and take that burden away from you? Yeah, I think that's where the drama lies, right? It is. It's too late for me, my son is like the the Ooh. biggest break of yeah him. yeah and i love that like he has the guards take him away like he can't even walk with him to the emperor's room like he's a really high value asset luke skywalker but you can't even deliver him personally because like maybe he has that conflict within him he's like i just gotta walk down the hallway fuck man that's my son like he takes a moment he takes a beat he puts his hand on the rail i love it mm-hmm Adam, can I get your take on the physical look of Vader in this film? Uh, we've been kind of chronologic, chronolo- chronicling it. Ooh, really blown it there. Chronicling it as we do this <laughs> podcast. Uh, I said in A New Hope that I kind of got a Batman, Michael Keaton Batman vibe, that the neck was too stiff. It sort of looked like 
like um, rubber, you know, sort of not really like polys, you know, or plastics and stuff. In this, I almost want to say that the the finish of the paint is maybe too dark. I'm losing a lot of the face. What was it like in the originals? Um, well, since I was watching the despecialized version, you know, they really cleaned up some of the darkness that may have been present. I, I see what you're saying, though. I kind of agree. And he's got those extra belt parts, doesn't he? Are those the, new? The colors on his body. I was going to ask you guys if those are new because when he turns on that elevator and you sort of see the new knobs and whistles, I was like, whoa, 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 there's some colors there that I have not seen before for sure. I think he's got an updated suit. And I think Rogue One really honors the, the episode four suit. Like it's got the head that's kind of floating off of the neck, which was cool to see. Uh, but I did the, my biggest issue with the suit this time is the changing and how polished it is. Like it, it, it flips a lot and I like it getting beat up in the, the throne room. Um, but just from scene to scene, it goes from being polished to a little dirty here and there. You're like very shiny to somewhat more, uh, Scotland. almost like matte. Yeah. Like a matte black. Yeah. Like, what are you like a guy who just fucking painted his car with spray paint? Like it, it does not look <laughs> good. There's no finish. There's no gloss. Yeah. I feel like right. I'm missing maybe some of the silver and the, and the divots too. And were there, was there white originally in some of the ribbing area? You know, the, the lines that go up and down, was there any sort of white contrast there? It feels very much just dark or even very black gray. I think we're just in very dark environments. You know, most of the time we see Vader. Yeah, but his gloves on the lightsaber sure look cool. Oh, Luke man. has that flash of he took my lightsaber and he turns it on. He's like, and is he going to point it at me? me? There, there's some <laughs> tension there. Totally. Even yeah. watching it now, it's like, I do not remember this moment where he's like, hey, by the way, this is a fucking nice lightsaber. Yeah. And this is the first time he's ignited a Jedi lightsaber since the battle on um, Mustafar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's only had his Sith lightsaber. And in fact, there's a canon comic where he creates his Sith lightsaber but while he's doing it, he has to make the crystal bleed and he has a fever dream where the lightsaber he creates has a green blade and he goes and confronts Palpatine and kills Palpatine and then apologizes to Obi-Wan. And then he sees that vision and is like, Whoa. I'll never apologize to Obi-Wan. And that's the <laughs> anger that gets him to turn it red. Okay. So he has a green lightsaber in canon. So I like maybe that is something. That. So he turns on the green one. He's like, this is who I could be. I could face down Palpatine. Maybe. That's just my theory. Hmm. Um, I'm also a crazy person. So I, I love that it is, regardless of that comic book, the first time he's held a Jedi weapon since that time. Uh, so. Yeah, that's rad. So I don't know, maybe turns the corner on something. But we then are going to the second part of this three-prong attack. It's Luke and the Emperor take down the shield generator, and then we're going to assault the Death Star with the fleet led by Lando. And uh, the shield generator stuff... It's I. I mean, it's uh, Mike, more Mike, Mike, Mike. The shield generator stuff. Here's my little gripe with it. We, we talked earlier the moment where they get out of the net. Oh, thank God we have R2 here. Literally, Leia screams out, the code's changed. Get me R2. He's the only way in. It's like, guys, always just bring a droid with you. Like, why are you doing <laughs> anything without, like, having that guy two feet away from you? It is literally an all-service multi-tool. And leave C-3PO because you do not really need translator. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it paid, paid off. For the Ewoks. It paid off having three PO there. I uh, just hope you like this door because we're going to spend a lot of time by it. <laughs> well, if you remember, the droids distract everyone, and 
the the Ewoks show up and all the stormtroopers run away immediately, <laughs> like in different directions in chaos into the forest. Yeah, the guards get uh oh, we got to go get them, and they hop on their speeder bikes and they just dip. But previously, the way we got to have our elite guards protect the generator, so make sure it's the most scaredy cats of them all. <laughs> like, all right, I guess Emperor. Well, previous to to R two D two having rocket boosters, uh, maybe it takes them a long time to roll down that hill. You know, there are a lot of sticks on the ground. <laughs> That's true. It's not the best terrain for uh They just you know, cut a to a shot. Get me R2. Robot. And he's completely on the ground. Just flipped <laughs> over just the wheels. Spinning, spinning mud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely that yeah. would happen. <laughs> but, you know, they, the Ewoks lead him away to go to the shield generator. I mean, the shield generator stuff, really, it's like they they get the enemies to go away. They get inside and hold those dudes up, and then they get kicked out again. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay. I do like the scene where Chewie and some Ewoks take over an ATST, and that's pretty cool. He's good. Except right? for the, I hate the Tarzan yell. They do oh, a Tarzan yeah. Chewbacca yell. <laughs> yeah, I that wanted to ask stuck, you if that was in the original. Me. It is. It oh, is, no. and I hate it. It had to be. Another thing that stood out to me that seemed really out of place was uh, like a speeder bike gets like caught on a rope or something, then it goes around a tree like a tether ball really quick. But that the animation that looked really weird. I don't know what it looks like in the original, but strange. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I know like exactly what you're talking stop about. Motion, yeah, I can picture. Yeah. Uh, do you guys remember too when Han Solo gets the last guy and he taps him on the shoulder and he runs around the corner and then there's all those rebels and he gives them that shit eating grin? Yeah, like, and there's that like yeah. really old rebel too. That's what I wanted to talk about. That is canon Captain oh, no Rex. Oh, truly. That is like one of the last serving clone troopers. He's joined the rebellion. They've decided Cannon. that's canon. Who, that's is Rex. The, who, who is deciding that? Kathleen Kennedy. Star Wars <laughs> Rebels. Oh, wow. Dave is, Filoni, our favorite. Oh, was you're Rex right, Mike. always an unaltered clone? Was he trained up? Because don't the clones age super fast? They're supposed to. Maybe he's just really. And then they hit a pain. <laughs> well, that's why he has that's white not, hair and stuff. That's why he's not leading the assault as he should be. <laughs> yeah, right. He's uh, but, pretty much done. And then he never but, had a conversation with Luke where he's like, "Yeah, I knew that Obi Wan guy. Like, I we did Darth a lot of shit Vader. together. I served with General Skywalker in the war. You say your name is Skywalker. Shut up, old man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The the coolest thing in in the sequence to me for some reason it's just the ATSTs blowing up trees looks <laughs> really cool the tr- it makes trees splintering devastating. yeah and it then does. they cut back the space um, yeah and, and like we again we see some of that devastation in in the Mandalorian uh, you know ATSTs yeah. love blowing up trees yeah I could not stop thinking about all of that during this mm-hmm it's hard. Uh, I my favorite thing about this actually is the interior of the shield generator. I one of my favorite things about Star Wars is interior sets like Imperial compounds, especially mm-hmm. when we're moving through them. You know, we're seeing different areas, and I love those like those power generators that run kind of infinitely. I love the idea of oh, just yeah. watching troops go into places, plant bombs, keep moving. <laughs> Han Solo loves doing that. He loves going into places, planting bombs, uh-huh. and getting out. <laughs> yeah, but he's weird. wearing a long sleeve now, Mike. It makes sense, okay? Yeah, yeah. 
I do like the design of this. And I remember playing like um, like an old PC game that involved like you had to storm this part of the, the compound and like having fond memories of the long hallways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they got to get inside. But then we do get to cut back to space. If we want to go there. I mean, this is where we get Luke meeting the Emperor for the first time. Man, Ian McDermott. What a fucking god. Yeah, he's great in this for sure. Spider web chair. Vader turns him over, hands him the lightsaber. Like this whole back and forth where the Empire, the Emperor basically reveals, I know everything that's happening. Your friends are going to come through hyperspace. The shield generator will be quite operational. Yeah. And it's like, and you can't do shit. You're just going to have to look out this window and get angry. Oh, hold on. And I love and how... I love Great. how he gets like mock sad with that line too. And he's sarcasm. Like, is so yeah. Weird. You can really see the, the campiness that's going to come out more in the prequels, you know? Yeah, he's your little grandma. He's a lot more sinister than campy here, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. But Mike, you just mentioned it. I think about it every time I watch this scene. How cool the set is. Like Adam said, Imperial interiors are sort of like a thread line of these movies. They're astounding. But they're looking out that window and they're constantly referencing things. Can they see what's going on outside that window? Aren't they just in like a big room in space? Like, wouldn't it just be like billions well, they can of miles away? Maybe the fleet. Maybe they're sensing it. But yeah, they do have the little. Well, I guess if Luke knows the plan, he knows they're screwed. If there's still a fight going on, you know, like like he says when, when he's like, "I'll be dead soon, and you with me." Like Luke shows his hand, <laughs> like totally. It's like yeah. we're both gonna die here, buddy. Which is badass. Yeah. And which means he went in fully expecting to basically suicide himself, which is interesting. Yeah, he just wants yeah. wants to redeem his father and die. Which is yeah, this is some like some noble hero stuff, you know. Yeah, but just the idea of the emperor, basically, like as a kid, I never got it. It's like, why don't yeah. you just grab the lightsaber and kill him? Just like do it, you know. But now having a better understanding of the pull to the dark and like the emperor is just like, all your friends are dying. You can't do anything, and if you get mad, it's only going to serve yeah. the purpose that if I want you, even you to react, serve. I win. It is a very online trolling of like. Oh, yeah, I make these dumb comments every day. Oh, but if you react to me, I guess I'm just living in your head. I'm living in your head, bro. It's like, oh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it adds a lot of pathos to especially even what's happening with Darth Vader, too. Um, I love it. Everything with the Emperor I love. Man, it's it's Shakespeare. I, I guess I'll stop talking now, but I fucking love it. I, I <laughs> we know fully agree. I, this is one thing I like more because of the prequels is the Emperor. Um I never Definitely. fully appreciated him as a kid, uh, but I, I like this throne room scene now more than I ever have, which is Adam, satisfying. Adam, if we're talking OGs and we're talking your original for this number six, is he? he's not even a Palpatine here. He is the emperor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have a name. He's just the emperor. Well, I not did, Sidious, not Palpatine. Yep. I believe they Sheev. had Emperor Palpatine on action figures before the prequels. Oh, I could be okay. wrong. I could be very wrong. But that's no one addresses him as such yeah, in the film. Yeah, but yeah. he was canon a Palpatine. Got it, got it. But no Sidious, none of that. Yeah. I love that he doesn't have a lightsaber. Yeah. And he calls it like we mentioned I think in a, the episode three uh episode. He calls it a Jedi weapon. You know. Almost with his yeah. disgust. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gross. yeah. That's one he thing I think that... to rid the Jedi. Now he doesn't. He's just got the force. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's something I think the prequels make a little weaker too, because like I always thought this about Yoda. Like when I saw when I originally saw Yoda, I thought he he's kind of like above the whole lightsaber fighting. We didn't need to see him do that. Like he's so kind of enlightened by the Force that he can just you know use the Force to do stuff. He doesn't need the lightsaber. Yeah. I feel the same way about Sidious. You know, Palpatine. Yeah. Like they, although I mean their fight was you know in Revenge of the Sith was what it was, but I just don't think it was necessary for them to be lightsaber fighting. Well, yeah, I always thought the the lore was that the Sith didn't even use lightsabers necessarily. That Darth Vader only had one as a holdover from this is how he was trained to kill people. So uh, mm. he's like kind of unique in that he's a bad guy with a lightsaber. Ooh, I love that. I like that coloring a lot better, actually. Yeah, like this is a one red see... lightsaber. Period. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but then you the prequels yeah. came along. Yeah. Yeah. Darth Maul. That's what I think I appreciate. Yeah, like about this, this especially fight scene that's about to happen too is like there's been a sense of escalation where at first Luke Skywalker just trains with a lightsaber, then he uses it, you know, to escape from the Tauntaun and ultimately lose a duel with Darth Vader, and then now he's finally gained the ability to really hold his own. Um, but in the prequels, it's just like here's everybody all the time, million lightsabers. It's like yeah. Part of me thinks that's what I wanted, like as a youth. But like looking at it, like as like a through line of escalating, like a power scale for a hero, it really takes a lot out of it in the previous yeah, sense. Exactly. But I still love those movies. So. Um, yes. Yeah. And is this the so best lightsaber the... fight of all time? Yeah, I say we should just talk this whole. Right. Yeah, just play it because it's incredible. I think Duel of the Fates, nothing can top Duel of the Fates in my opinion, but this is obviously an all-time classic. So this is so this is like the music rivals Duel of the Fates. Yeah, like those dark choirs, and this is the first time we've had those like at this point in the timeline. Oh man, goosebumps, Adam. What do you think about this fight? I I still prefer the one in Empire, just because. Like I said, one of the highlights of Star Wars for me is moving through these sets and the fight in Empire. You're just it's cool set after cool set um, and ending and that that. So that one's that one is my favorite just from like a spectacle standpoint. Um, this is a close second, though. I mean, uh, same, like I said, this, same, too, same, this is same. the most I've ever liked it. So it might change. You know, I might, it might grow on me. I was. Colin, what do you think? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Sorry, no, sorry I'm, no, I'm with them, man. I'm no, I'm right with you, Adam. Same, same, same. I, I said in that Empire one, the way that they literally go, like, okay, we're moving in this lightsaber fight. This, you're you're in the Emperor's throne room the entire time. I would say the only strength that it has is the performances and the editing because you get uh, very pained, sparse language from Mark Hamill. Like he only really talks when he's like, "Er, father." Uh, you know, stuff like that. But the reaction shots cutting to, you know, a completely blank face, just a, a helmeted masked man. But you feel yeah. sadness and tension and pain from what's being screamed. It's like, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. What what I think is a real strength of this is, you know, it opens with Luke getting pissed off enough to swing at the emperor, you know, and the sabers clash. The emperor's laughing. That's very cool imagery. Like, I'm behind all of this. I'll take him um, now. And there's a point at which Luke has to do like a flip and he, he lands on the grate above Darth Vader. Yeah. And knowing, right, that the high ground is the best point to fight Darth Vader because Obi-Wan probably told him he takes the <laughs> high ground. But then Darth Vader, remembering not to try jumping over him, just throws his lightsaber The first up lightsaber there. throw. 
Right, the first lightsaber Incredible. throw because it's like, oh, last time I did this, I got my limbs caught off. <laughs> so at least he's learning. But then at that point, Luke's in hiding, and he's just like, I won't fight you. Like, because he realizes his anger got the better of him, yeah. and he's trying to dial it back. Like, I can't, I can't let myself go to the dark side. I can't fight my dad. And he's trying to avoid it as much as possible. And then Darth Vader's like, no, you're going to die. And he forces him to defend himself. That's some of the stuff that I think is great. And for um, sure. And yeah. Palpatine just watching all that drama unfold, hoping that Vader, his, you know, his servant of all these years, totally hoping he dies, you know, like Do we rooting for the and then death of Vader. Par- like parallels. The yeah. Parallels to Revenge of the Sith when he's wanting Anakin to replace Count Dooku and then he, you know, has him kill him right in front of him. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Poetry, they rhyme, man. It's amazing. And that's where Darth Vader kind of learns um, your feelings betray you, right? Yeah. Like, well, that is sister. the death of Darth Vader. I would say that is the rebirth of Anakin Skywalker, Mike. Yeah, I think so, too. So, But that's what gets Luke to go full rage mode. And this part where Luke is just, he's not even using combat techniques. It's just he's pure wailing on him. rage. This old robot man wailing on him, right? I think it's a great ass. moment because he cuts off his hand. He sees the wires and stuff, and he's like, oh, he has a robot hand just like I do. And he looks at his own hand and he thinks about it. And that's just such a great moment super as well. I'm cool. becoming my father. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, and you're basically and he, and fighting Vader, a ghost. He's so broken. Like Darth Vader is so totally broken. Literally, exactly. It's, it's really cool, man. And, and more machine Luke than man. Now. throws the lightsaber away and it's just like submits to death, essentially. So oh, rad. Man, what a... What a fucking badass. Yeah, he just throws it down. Cooler than anything any Jedi has done in the prequels, you know? like Yeah. Literally laying down his weapon because he will not take aggressive action out of anger. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we see Palpatine. He you know, doesn't like that, so then he <laughs> starts <laughs> hitting him with the, with the lightning, you know? Getting that unlimited power. And again, you know, if you're if you're (laughs) not a or I mean if you are a Star Wars fan, if you've seen all of these, you've never seen anybody do this before. So what are you feeling in that moment, guys? I was terrified. I mean you never saw anybody shoot lightning. It's like this guy is super dangerous. I thought he was he's like, Oh, I'm unarmed. Oh, you're very armed. It was terrifying. Adam? I I mean it's just such a a swing of emotions to take it in for the first time as a young child. And you're also intercutting with everything else that's going on. So I'm just Father, waiting for please. somebody to come and rescue him, maybe. Oh, no. uh, and also I was just, I hadn't ever really seen anything that violent before. I saw this when I was four years old in a very sheltered like environment. So seeing mm-hmm. Luke writhing around, seeing my hero Damn. writhe around on the floor in pain, basically begging for his life, <laughs> like for his father to rescue him. It was just like, I don't even think I was able to process it correctly. Yeah. I And like now having the context of Anakin's story and now Luke, like just learning who his father was. And it's just like when he's calling out and you see Vader looking at Palpatine, it's like, it's so poignant and it's so much, it adds so much context that I didn't have when I was a kid. Like I didn't understand why he was conflicted or why he even helped. I was like, well, I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then you get the, the no, the two no's and the first no, I think is really good where he's just like, 
no. And he's like, no. And again, My that kind of mirrors. doesn't it. have that. Oh, that doesn't have that? Yeah, I got, Adam? got no nose, baby. I was no so nose, bad. Oh, so bad. Our nose. I, I was going to say that that was a cool addition that's a good to change. Jacob. I yeah. agree. I think that's a very – ties it into his weird – but you got to see how they're it's done. It's a better no the, than Revenge exactly, of the Sith. It's not a bad performance at all. There's so much emotion in it. Like, yeah. And then he Frankensteins him. He picks him up with one hand, basically. The, yeah. He puts the stub in the there. The quietness of the, of the original, though, without the nose. Just that back and forth. Like, there's still conflict left in it when he's doing it without the no. <laughs> yeah. yeah you definitely I guess I didn't don't even realize that was a change. As much, yeah. I forgot. I that was, um, yeah, I, I was watching it. Um, like I was finishing it on the laptop sitting in bed and then out my mouth was just wide open watching this scene with like the glee of a kid as he's just looking back and forth with no dialogue. I was like, this is so strong. Yeah. It, it, it blew me away. I guess I do remember that now how the original went, but I, yeah, I have to say, I think it's a good change. And it also reminds me of, um, Clone Wars, or not Clone Wars, Rebels, when he is fighting with Ahsoka, and there's a moment where his his mask is split off. You can see one of his eyes, and he says, mm-hmm. Ahsoka, and there's that moment of like recognition where he's remembering like his past life. Yeah, he almost and looks gentle me, before turning cruel again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that no reminded me of that, and it's I think it's much better than Revenge of the Sith no, so good change, good change. A billion And times this to better. me is the return of the Jedi as promised in the title. There you go. The emperor explodes in the blue. I was going to say, we see this maniac (laughs) explode. Uh, We haven't even talked about it, but Lando's going on his own mission. He's been in the Falcon the entire time with our favorite character, Nia Nub, obviously as his (laughs) co-pilot. The shield generator was operational. It was a trap. It was. Yes, it was. And he spins around and finally gets to blow it up as we see, I guess the emperor's body fall down into it and explode. Uh, I guess, right? Anyways, maybe, maybe not. But uh, then we get directly into the reactor core. Yeah, I think the what's established in Star Wars is that if you get thrown down something like a like a pit like that, there's a possibility you could survive. You know, it happened yeah, with definitely. Darth Maul, <laughs> happened with Luke and Empire. Hey, and now, tell that to Samuel know. Jackson, dude. I'm I'm there with you. <laughs> Sith training 101 is how to survive a deep pitfall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. guys, lesson two is the high we ground. get the moment here now which <laughs> destroys my childhood maybe destroyed yours blew your minds who knows we get a weak vader getting dragged out by his son they're having a small conversation get this off of me i want to i can't breathe i, I want to see you with my eyes we get anakin skywalker's face guys yeah, yeah. and it's also muted the music is quiet there's just like even right after the everything just like lowers down in tone for that and yeah. i do and remember it looks like being a moon bothered. man truly because you see the 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 white face the sort of exposed crater back head the fact yeah. that like the really jutted out winged you know front of vader's helmet what i always assumed was his mouth is like way lower underneath the rest of his head where i'm like what is like this is so what a weird setup Mm, yeah. But it makes him look more frail and kind of yeah. sad and like sim- like you feel sympathy for him. Um, 
you had eyebrows in your version, right, Adam? Uh, I I didn't recall not having eyebrows. So Whoa. that's another good change, I think, because the eyebrows don't look good, and I think it does look a Pretty little thick. better without the eyebrows. If you fall in a pit of lava, yeah, you're I, still gonna have your eyebrows, though, Jacob. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I do love that line, though. Allow me to look upon you with my own eyes. Yeah. Right? yeah. He's he never knew. I loved it that he had a son or a daughter this whole fucking time. Because mm-hmm. he thought Padme just died. I, it it was always too much for me growing up. Like the drama was too high. Um, I like it a lot now, actually, and I'm very happy there's not an "I love you" moment. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It was just like he's not trying to even make up for all the terrible things that he's done. He's just like just you know. You're right. There was something good left in there. <laughs> like, that's all I got. Peace. Yeah. Tell your sister. Oh. You were right. Guys, I love that. Adam, I love that, man. That's uh, It's so powerful in its somberness. I would love to see one of those edited super cuts. You guys have talked about, like, some other Obi-Wan ones where he reflects. Uh, yeah. If there's one where he gets, like, demasked Vader and it's a bunch of, like, Padme scenes and stuff, I would like that, actually. Killing the sand people, like, regret. Yeah, exa- like, yeah, exactly. Going through his entire life of just, like, and then he just sort of quietly gives up and goes away. You're like, damn. He does not get to be a Force after- ghost. You know, he does not, he gets to be a Force ghost, but he does not get to give his body to the Force, we should say. There's probably not enough left. Mm. Yeah, yeah, or maybe, you know, that's all weird What if just his stuff, head but- disappeared, Mike? <laughs> and like and his one quarter of an arm and like his chest yeah, and it just sort of like left, drops right? but it's still like really full in the vader armor his force ghost should just be this it amputee should, it looks like what the fuck <laughs> yeah uh but yeah it's it's and like there's soldiers running away like ignoring everything like we're getting the fuck out of here so i liked it on the backdrop of this chaos luke is dragging the most evil person second most evil person in the galaxy and everyone's just like fuck this we're out of here um, so it's a really cool backdrop for that drama. Um, yeah. yeah. And the shield generated to get destroyed and we get an epic, you know, like Lando Calrissian Millennium Falcon run. That's right. Which Wedge is also a big high point. Yeah, Wedge is back, I, dude. This is this is what I called for a long time my favorite part of the Star Wars trilogy was this space battle. And it, it's why I defended this as my favorite when it was like I understand that Empire is objectively a much better movie. I think it's a better crafted film. There's something about, I think this may still be the most fun one to watch for me. I just, and watching the despecialized versions and being able to actually like know for a fact, this is stuff that was created in 1983. And it's some of the most beautiful special effects, especially the last like 15 minutes of this movie just cooks man when they're actually flying through the death star and into it and they're doing these cool pan around shots it's just so good looking the core looks good adam like the the effects of that it's all the same they haven't done i mean it's not like garbage i I, it looks amazing i mean when they shoot the towers and the thing collapses this massive structure collapses and they come out of that striped lit corridor you know it's just a camera like speeding backwards and you get the the shot of the millennium falcon coming out like it's it's amazing Uh, i love star wars it looks really cool (laughs) and i love all the i I love everything that happens in the space battle uh 
I'm trying to remember if at one point, I believe a ship flies directly into the bridge of a Star Destroyer, oh, yeah. causing it to become incapacitated, right? Yes. So we didn't even need warp drive ships. <laughs> no. You just drive a regular ship at regular Very speed slow. into the bridge. Nobody's looking at and you that incapacitate window, Mike. It. You just kind of fucking do. come up on its side. They concentrate all the firepower on the shield generator responsible for the bridge first. So it's that cool shot of the A-wings go in and they blow up one of those those big balls on top of it. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you get the A-wing that crashes in. It doesn't make any sense that it then just plummets into the, I guess, the gravity of the Death Star. Uh, the steering wheel. Yeah, like it's not. Forward. Yeah, it's dragging, yeah. you're right. Um, and yeah, that shot, I, I remember that shot being really cool. Maybe that's one thing that is improved in later edits, but the shot of it crashing directly into the Death Star, not as cool as most of the other effects. Um, but the despecialized version, the people who made it spend spent however much time it took to get rid of all the boxes. You know, if you watch the Blu-rays even, you just have these big green boxes, like discolored boxes around TIE Fighters and... Stuff mm. like that. Was that true in your versions? Wow. Mine were clean, but I remember seeing like there would be even like a thin line around some of the ships because yeah. th- the compositing wasn't quite as clean yeah. yet. Um, that's some of the stuff they definitely uh, fixed on the Lucas ones. So okay. they probably had to redo yeah, that work remember. on the despecialized. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, it all looks really good. And I love, you know, I, I just love them flying in to, to the trap. <laughs> it's, it's a cool yeah. setup. It's a meme, but like it was sick because the Empire's Emperor's telling you, yeah, all this shit is already set up. You're fucked, and then it's a trap, and you're like, oh trap. my god, what are you going to do? Spinning around like, in his chair. I guess we'll just start fighting Star and Destroyers. Well, they, until uh, you know, until they all know they're going to die, and everyone is so yeah. calm and collected in those ships. Like all the pilots are just really chill about it. You know, it's like this is what we're used to, man. We're like suicide fighters, like. All or nothing. Uh, yeah, Wedge is just chill the whole time. And they're talking to each other and doing things. And you get all these pilots that are... My favorite... My dream role in Star Wars is to be a one-line, like, cockpit, you know, person. Say one line in the cockpit of a fighter. And there's so many of those guys in this, like, you know, one-off, like, people who explode. And that's it. Right. <laughs> like, At that speed, will you be able to pull out in yeah, time? Yeah. Yeah. This is well, Red One Adam checking in. We're like, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that's it i'd leave hollywood i'm done i did it <laughs> uh-huh i i would love to do that too it's much better than just being a stormtrooper where you don't get to see your yeah. face yeah put some goggles on me i'll say one line or put a werewolf costume on me and yeah, i'll, I'll, I'll smoke a cigarette <laughs> moss eisley <laughs> that's stick. all right well yub yub guys um, yub yub we get a nice yeah. little yub yub celebration here yub yub da da dee da 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 Yes, and in the we, new versions, you see Hayden. Uh, well, yes, you see Hayden Christensen, of course. You see, and then in the celebration, you see scenes from different planets. You see Tatooine, you see Naboo, you see Coruscant, and you see you Cloud see City. You see Naboo? Obviously. I was not paying attention to that. Yeah, you, you see, see Naboo. Gungans? You see little little Gungans on the roof, like waving oh a flag God. and stuff. Yeah. Yay! Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, wait. Um, like Coruscant is weird because it's like, wait, this is our chosen leader of government. Yeah, <laughs> I think we voted. It for might that be an guy. empire, but that's yeah, that's <laughs> he probably, probably should have unlimited power. Us some sweet kickbacks over here. <laughs> I bet the center of the empire is like 
the least evil because they just want to keep everybody complacent there. It's like the outer know. rim that gets the flex. Mike, I guarantee at one point he was like, fucking wipe out those Gungans. Like, now that I'm in power, <laughs> fucking just put them in the garbage, man. Probably. The Ewoks were next, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like those. I mean, because they have some connectivity to the prequels. Uh, but if you're just Same. watching these movies for the first time and you hadn't seen the prequels, you'd be like, what the fuck? What are these planets? I've never seen these before. So it might be a little confusing, but I like them. Just figure the universe. Here's what I like most about the ending is Luke Skywalker giving Anakin, you know, Darth Vader, the, the Jedi funeral pyre. And there's only one person in the entire galaxy at Anakin's funeral. And it's his own son. Yeah. I think that's like, it's really touching. There's no force ghost. It's just Luke and his dad, not even Leia's Leia. there, you know? Right. And we saw that with Qui-Gon, like we saw Qui-Gon's pyre. So like, you know, giving him a true Jedi send off. I think maybe that's when he could join the force. Yeah, I think you're right, Once Mike. His, through the ritual, right? Yeah. There's um, steam coming out of the helmet or this different yeah. texture of smoke coming oh, out. Oh, but Adam, burning. we know what's going to happen to that burning armor. <laughs> that duraplast. Uh, we'll yeah. talk about that maybe next week, normies. That's right. Stay tuned. Uh, but yeah, I had the changed Ewok song, and I had Anakin in my version. Adam, you had the OG Ewok song. What is right? the OG? It's not. It's not Nub Nub. Well, the the replaced one is not. Is the this is the one that has. It's much more upbeat, and it has a uh, come on, yep, yep, doop, boop, 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 doop. You remember that? Like oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a little more like got more flutes and like yeah drums. it's like it's it's yeah. more organized yeah, it's also yeah. a little more somber like yeah the one when you just hummed it, it it's it it's coming back to me now the original song i will use that original one for the transition Ooh, to the outro so once it. we wow. finish this up stay tuned for that normie and uh, and Thank i had the original vader ghost as well or the original anakin ghost which mm-hmm. i i like better Sebastian uh, Stan. From, uh, I like a, a million times That's better. That's right. Sebastian Stan, a uh, renowned uh, theater actor on the West End uh, in, in London, you know, British actor, who came on and was like, oh, yes, I believe uh, all of my favorite uh, friends are in this. I believe, uh, didn't you, Alec Guinness is in this, and uh, Ian McDermott? Yes, I, I know all of them from theater. Yeah, I'll do your film, of course. And he, he had never <laughs> seen any of the Star Wars. Oh he gosh. did not give a shit oh, about shit. Star Wars. And that, yeah, the only scene he has with the helmet off is great. And then he gets to stand I next don't to Alec know. Guinness. I, Mike, I don't know. You get your face covered in all that bullshit. And then they're like, well, okay, but that's not the case. Like, try, imagine explaining it to that actor. But that was just for that. Now go put on your robes and you can have your very normal British hair. He's like, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's... He's like very faulty towers. His voice works, at least. Like, it's conceivable that that is the voice of Darth Vader without the helmet on. Agreed. Yeah, it's yeah. better than in the prequels where it's Aiden Christensen, and then as soon as he puts on the mask, he's James Earl Jones. This is what which I never sound made sense like to me. Now, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but Luke, Luke goes and looks at the Force ghosts, and they look at him, and then Leia brings him back to the party, and it's it's mostly populated by Ewoks, but Wedge gets to hang out there, and then they have yeah. that shot where they're all like posing for a picture to be taken, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> very last supper that's kind of what i was thinking this time where it's like everybody's very posed i do like this 
they're looking at a photographer who is standing to the right of the camera. <laughs> like, huh. That's true. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, but just prior to that, we get uh, Ewoks playing the drums on, on the Stormtrooper yeah, helmets. A lot so of drums presumably, we're movie. the main course. I, oh, Check boy, out Apocalypse guys. Endor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, know, you want more of that? What are they eating for this dinner? I didn't see any other indigenous species on this planet. <laughs> But that's uh, that's Return of the Jedi. I would have loved it if it was Sebastian Stan because like he gets to return and be his true self as an old man. As Sebastian Shaw, not uh, Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier. That's right. Yeah, I kept saying that. <laughs> I said it earlier. That that not in this. I had to write. I said out it earlier the as a Anakin joke. Actor, because I thought you guys would think it was Sebastian Stan. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, I yeah, I just it said it a minute that. ago as a joke, and then Colin, you, I think I convinced you that it was Sebastian Stan for a minute when we were just talking. Oh shit. <laughs> Um, well, if we can go ahead and uh, e-walk this way, we'll uh, hit the oh, wrap-up and get our final wow. thoughts on The Last Jedi. <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> We're back, normies. We're crawling out of the Sarlacc pit because it's time to wrap things up. We don't have a thousand years to digest, but we will give you our thoughts anyways on Star Wars in the meantime. Uh, as you know, on our little wrap-up here, we've been doing the good, the bad, and the ugly. We've been talking the Jedi, the Sith, and the Jar Jar of the Star Wars series. Uh, I'll go ahead and start here. I'll say my Jedi is that uh, this is my favorite movie. This is the best one. We talked about all of its positives. I like how Luke looks. I like how it flows. I like the adventures that we go on. Um, I don't necessarily like that Yoda puppet. I will say that that's my least favorite thing in this movie. It looks absolutely insane. In a movie that's full of great special effects, you have to wonder why they dropped the ball there. And I'll say my Jar Jar for this film, uh, there's a pretty key moment that uh, that we just bypassed, guys. And that's the fact that the Ewoks were so popular, they got their own movie spinoff. And if you were like <laughs> me, you had the Ewok movie at your grandparents' house as one of the only tapes that they had. So you would watch it and think, mm -hmm. hey, at least this is Star Wars, but it is so much worse than Star Wars. <laughs> it is the blue balls of films for that little boy who's like, God, anything, just give me Star Wars, please. And it's, it's madness. Check it out, Normies. Yeah, especially after watching Jedi, and then you end up popping in Ewok Adventure. I just pulled it out of the race car tape rewinder. Oh my god, in. Mike! <laughs> not what I want. <laughs> I guess I'll jump in and give give mine here. Um, we talked about the good stuff by my Jedi. I am just gonna say one thing: it's it's Darth Vader's redemption. Because when I think about the prequels that we watched up to this point for these episodes that we've done, you see Darth Vader looking at the emperor, looking at his son. He sees that he he never had a father figure. He had Qui-Gon, who was killed by the Sith. His other father figures in the Jedi never believed in him, told him to suppress his emotions. The one guy who he trusted betrayed him, turned him into a robot monster, and is now telling him to kill his only living family, right? And for him to, like, deal with that and finally get revenge on Palpatine, who started with Darth Plagueis the Wise, Right, like to see him finally get it over on Palpatine, so satisfying. I, I love it. I, it, it. It was my favorite thing. Period, and maybe all of Star Wars, like having all six together. So, 
That's my best. Uh, the bad, the Max Rebo band, uh, Jabba Palestine. Oh my God, I forgot his worst name. Worst thing ever. <sighs> yeah, sorry, Max. They really <laughs> did it to you. But um, then the ugly is just some of the Ewok stuff. It's a little slow. I, I don't really want to get too into it. But um, just the way Vader's arc takes him from having a chance to actually save his child now that he has nothing left, you know, um, I thought that was great. Adam, how about um, you? My, my good, my Jedi is just uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker being very cool and also cool Lando. I like Lando getting to be like a significant part of this movie. Um, my, my bad is, um, is going to be the, the, the tactics of the empire on the forest moon. They're real bad. <laughs> And and my ugly will have to be Han Solo slamming to the ground, making tons of noise in Java's palace. I, I still don't understand it. And Leia just playing it cool while there's clearly people <laughs> sleeping everywhere. Jabba's able to pull that curtain open though. Like surprise. also the geography right of the here. room changes. Like he's he's shifted to the other side of the room when that curtain opens. <laughs> like I thought like his throne thing like rotated to like a back yeah. hallway. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, Jacob? Yeah. Um, well, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, this was also my favorite by far growing up and my most rewatched. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's my favorite of the original series now. I think Empire is better, but it's still a really fun watch and I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I think for the for the good, obvi- it's the obvious things, you know, Jabba's palace stuff, speeder chase, the lightsaber fight at the end, everything with the Emperor and Vader. Um, and number one and most important is is just this is my favorite all time Luke, you know. Um, the bad, mm-hmm. uh, I I'll say I, I wish they did something other than like a, another identical looking Death Star, like maybe just change the design make it something else like it can still be a giant space station but something else would have been would have been fun um and for the ugly i'll say obviously it's got to be the java musical number i'm sorry i have to agree (laughs) like i mean the new version of it is so bad it's i think the worst cg edition in all three movies by far um so yeah awful awful just it's even worse than jabba on tattooing yeah the first oh, yeah. time they did <laughs> sure. it sure because those yeah. that singer with the lips gets like right up in the camera and it's like oh, it was made God. for like 3d like yeah watch it in 3d it was, guys, it. Yeah, it was made it was for new five-year-olds who had never seen star yeah. wars before yeah and it looks like yeah. the prequels which isn't necessarily a good thing <laughs> um right. i i I'm jealous of Adam's uh, viewing experience. I'll have to get my hands on yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I I have to admit that I think there are some good George Lucas changes, but I think that the bad outweighs the good for sure. But there are some good mm-hmm. changes. So it makes it ugly. I have to give him, yeah. have to give him credit. I'll... Colin, you mentioned another question. I did, guys. I got know? one more because, look, normies, it's pretty apparent you guys are liking us talking Star Wars. Uh, these episodes are doing very good. We love mm-hmm. talking Star Wars to you. Thank I you. hope. I want to ask you guys now. We're six movies into this. We have three more. How are you guys feeling about Star Wars at this exact moment? Adam, we'd love to have you on the next couple, but uh, you know, even if you're not guesting, are you going to be watching along? Do you think you'll be finishing up with your, well, I got to watch Force Awakens after doing Return of the Jedi? 
Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Force Awakens in a little while. I'm definitely going to go ahead and plow in. I am on like a Star Wars kick right now for sure. I'm just bathed in media. I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm playing Jedi Outcast on my Switch. I'm uh, watching The Mandalorian. Uh, so I'm feeling real oh, good. Fuck. I love that. And you just put into my ear Star Wars audiobooks. Dot, dot, dot. I'm going to have to do some research <laughs> on that, guys, because my life might have just changed. But they're uh, cheesy. Guys, uh, they have to be. But yeah. Jacob, how are you fucking feeling about Star Wars right now? I mean, the normies know. Like, I've been on a kick since we started with A New Hope. I've been watching them all every week. I got into, you know, I played Jedi Fallen Order, obviously. I've been yeah. watching Mandalorian. been watching Clone Wars, Rebels. Like, I've been all in on Star Wars for, for like, maybe the past month now. So, it's been fun. And I'm really looking forward to the next two movies because, unlike some people, I really like these movies. So, mm. should be fun. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> um, I am, yeah, just s similar to Adam and Jacob and, you know, probably the rest of us going on this journey up to Rise of Skywalker. I'm just marinating in Star Wars. It's really fun to revisit the prequels, the original trilogy, um, a little bit of the Clone Wars stuff, because um, I watched that whole series previously as well in Rebels. So I'm just excited to uh, see how it concludes, and I'm appreciating the chance to kind of reflect and... Uh, look at everything that has come before to give me a good baseline uh, context for the final movie, which we will also be uh, talking about in a couple weeks. I get so a little excited nervous. For that. It's like, we're going to watch that one coming up, and then are we not going to be talking about Star Wars again on this podcast? Normies, will you pay for us all, including Adam, <laughs> to go to Galaxy's Edge and we can just review it or something? Yeah. Like, that's what I want next. <laughs> Yes, please. Well, we could still, uh, we still have the holiday special. Oh, we've got Mandalorian, we've got Rogue One, Solo. we got the Ewok movies. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the droids. You want to be a droids can, cartoon? Can you get the despecialized uh, Ewok movie, please? <laughs> I have to make that myself. Yeah. <laughs> Burn it. Like, literally <laughs> destroy it. Please. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting what happens when we're not talking about Star I Wars. I don't think my brain is wired for that it's yet. It's a shift. It's like when we get There's out of no Halloween mode where I'm like, I'm not going to watch a horror movie tonight. What do I do? Well, yeah. it was really the perfect time to do this because, I mean, Star Wars is really having a moment right now between, you know, the new game that everyone's liking, the new show that everyone's liking, hopefully and the new movie that people like. We'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, I think it's... Star Wars is, hasn't been this relevant since maybe the Force Awakens premiere, I would say. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So we hope you've all been enjoying this ride with us. Oh, wait. What? Guys, I, I'm getting a transmission here. It seems like Han Jolo is sending something over. I think he's got his thoughts on The Last oh, wow. Jedi. Let's go. Uh, I mean, Return of the Jedi? You Play say that. that I'm, I'm yeah, seeing Return a little blue hologram come up here. So we're going to leave you that, on, uh, Normies, with Joe's thoughts on uh, Return of the Jedi. Real quick, Adam, if you'll plug your podcast before we get out of here. Um, you can uh, listen to me on Readin' Heathens. You can find it on readinheathens.com or just search Readin', and that's R-E-A-D-I-N, heathens on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts do it normies that was a great plug all right well check us out of course keep going keep enjoying uh star vember war sember normies and uh i think we're we're getting the transmission greetings exalted normies i apologize for my absence in this episode as i've been off world 
but I wanted to chime in and offer my feelings on the Return of the Jedi, the ending of the original series with my Jedi, Sith, and Jar Jar, like we've done for every episode during Starvember and Warsember. Uh, this is obviously a big one, so I'll start with the Jedi. The Jedi for me has to be the pure nostalgia factor. This is the movie that really I was emulating when I was playing Star Wars as a kid, right? You had the adventures of Luke and Han and Leia and Chewie and even Lando. I threw into that mix at this point. That really defined my love for Star Wars was having my own adventures with these characters that had become fully fleshed out by Return of the Jedi. Uh, the opening scene is obviously so iconic and inspired so many uh, trips to the sandbox with action figures. I love it. I remember seeing the special edition when it was released in theaters and, you know, like sitting in a cinemaplex that was attached to a movie theater. There was a special edition action figure that was uh, Power of the Force Luke, and that was just one of the most vivid movie-going experiences and it was for something I had already seen, something I had seen a million times, but somehow it felt completely new. Um, that has to be the the Jedi, right, is the staying power. The, the Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, all black look. The introduction of a green lightsaber, which we had not seen at that point. These were things that were so iconic to me right out the gate. I love them always and forever. The final battle is obviously an awesome scene, one of the best choreographed fights. It's not too much, it's not too little. There's good interjection with the Empire there. Um, you know, I love Emperor Palpatine's take on the whole situation. This was stuff that really, like, defined what I enjoyed as a child. Um, the adventures I would play... The games I would download later, like Jedi Academy, always were uh, impacted by this. Even the title, Return of the Jedi, I think is one of the strongest in the series. It's just so iconic. Obviously, that was changed from Revenge of the Jedi, which is probably one of my most desired uh, pieces of Star Wars memorabilia. I would love to get a Revenge of the Jedi poster. So that's the Jedi for me. It's the the love of Star Wars that was really born out of this movie, I think. I loved the other two, but uh, like we'd said in previous episodes, you see them, the original series, at least with our generation, as one thing, and this is where you have Luke the Badass Jedi in black, and Han, and Boba Fett. Like, you really, you really come full, full force here, and uh, it always will stay in my mind for that. So that's the Jedi. The Sith is... Maybe a little bit of um, my feelings and emotions clouding my vision, right? That's a, a theme in Star Wars. Watching it this time, it felt different. I'll be honest, I knew older Star Wars fans had always complained about the Ewoks. Um, they never bothered me until this screening, and I just feel like not as much happens in this movie as I remembered. I mean, it's really similar to Hoth. You have a big opening that takes more time than I remembered. Um, and then a goodbye to Yoda. 
the Endor adventures with the Ewoks and Luke and Darth Vader battling in front of the Empire. That's really it. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Not as as involved, I think, as Empire was. So I think this time it just doesn't really uh, incite the same emotion as it did when I was a kid, right? Like the character relationships aren't as strong as I feel like they were in Empire. And I, I don't know, I felt a little let down this time. Like there was a, a disturbance in the force. Also, watching it now through the context of the entire uh, Skywalker saga, the prequels kind of pepper it in a negative way, right? Like, it's it's unavoidable, but Leia talks about how she remembers her mother. And unless she remembers her mother as an infant on Musafar, like, that's just not true, right? I mean, that's just... There's no way they knew that that was going to happen. I mean, even Luke and Leia being brother and sister kind of feels, watching it now, like, I guess that works. But when we were kids, that was something I feel like, again, we always knew. But watching it and watching it play out, you really can see, like, they're like, oh, you know, I think I always knew. And it's like, if you always knew, why would you do half the things you do why you're always kissing your brother i guess would be my biggest question it doesn't really make a ton of sense and i think you see more force sensitive nature in leia at the end of empire strikes back knowing that luke is in trouble and they have to go back and save him then she shows off in this movie in in retrospect i wish they would have taken that um a little further and there's just like the promise of things that obviously go a different way in the future, right? I like that you can see certain things were set up. You're going to teach new Jedi, which we know Luke does try to do. Um, there's a lot of great parallels between the the sequels or the postquels, as Mike calls them. But the prequels, I think, really, really uh, don't line up the most in this one. And also it... It never bothered me when I was a kid. Again, maybe that's because I had a, a Boba Fett action figure and could play out all the adventures in my mind whenever I wanted. But, man, he he really does not do much in this movie. He is in and out um, in what has got to be, like, the, the least ceremonial death scene for one of the most badass characters ever, right? I mean, like, how did his reputation come about other than... People loved the toys, um, which again is why I love the movie to begin with, I think. I think this is uh, the one that taught me how to use my imagination in a different way than I ever had before. And the Jar Jar, oh man, this, this, this episode, The Return of the Jedi, is without a doubt the most bastardized by these special edition changes. You have... The Max Rebo Band and Ola, uh, those changes are just so bad, man. Jedi Rocks is, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And it, I was so excited to watch that sequence. And then when that happened, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. There's just like a singing cockroach whose name is Max in the middle of this scene. And it just really takes me out. It doesn't fit with the tone. I don't even understand why Lucas would include that. Like, that's one of those 
what were you thinking moments in uh, a new hope at least it's just like monsters and aliens and shit added into the background and foreground um a scene here and there this is like what if we just stopped the movie and had a weird musical number i mean it really is like he knew eventually these would get sold to disney and wanted to set the tone then that that was possible and then seeing ola die like it's just more involved you know like i don't think you needed it again i think the beauty of a lot of movies of this era are like jaws you don't you don't need to see the shark all the time the rancor is scary because it's it's mysterious when you explain more of it i'm i'm less interested and the the no man it's one of the worst moments of revenge of the sith and then they add it into this one and of course these are these are multiple different changes right you have the 1997 version where we had that in and um you have the the ending celebration change to include planets we had seen in the original series like bespin and tatooine a new song from john williams i guess that's kind of cool um and then again they were changed for dvd release after the prequels and that's where you kind of have a lot of the like we're trying to fix it. I remember this was when a lot of the like, no, Obi-Wan didn't lie. He says from a certain point of view in that scene. Like this is where they really tried to like force the pieces to fit even though they clearly don't. And that is just clumsy, I guess, would be the, the best way to describe it. You have um, Naboo and, and Coruscant and these other planets thrown into the the ending celebration song where it's like, oh... I guess that makes sense that those planets are still around, but, you know, we haven't seen them in so long. It just, again, it feels like just just clumsy. Like, it doesn't fit together and you tried to force it when instead I think people would have just been, like, okay with it. One change that I guess doesn't really bother me is uh, Boba Fett's voice. I, I don't know. It makes sense to me that, yeah, that he would grow up to be that, so it makes sense to replace it. If you've ever seen set pictures of Boba Fett, like... You weren't rooting for that guy. You were rooting for the the Clint Eastwood of the character. Those are really, I think, the most egregious ones. Um, Another major question that's raised, though, is like, how does Anakin Skywalker become one with the Force when we know for a fact, like, he struggled to understand what happened to Obi-Wan in A New Hope. I mean, you see him, like, step on the robe. Remember, Colin thought that was so funny. But, like, less than a decade later, he's mastered how to become one with the Force somehow. I mean, I think that was meant to just be a a nice, like, nod, like, see, your dad's always going to be with you. But then when they expand the Jedi mythos, it just feels weird to have Hayden Christensen there. I mean... (laughs) I think we'll see that again, maybe in in other shows or even The Rise of Skywalker. But it does feel off to me to see Hayden Christensen superimposed over an old actor Um, and like still looks young. Like, I guess that makes sense because that was when Anakin died. But I don't know, man. I kind of hate to see it. I'll be honest. It doesn't feel right to me like sebastian shaw's legacy in star wars is just kind of written out and that's that's the end of it overall i mean it's a part of the the original series 
the love I have for it is um, never going to go away. I mean, I have such fond memories of playing with my toys, of all of these characters, of creating my own Luke Skywalker adventures. The green lightsaber is uh, so cool to me. Like, it was always something that I, I loved. And then we saw it with Qui-Gon, and I was like, yeah, see, it wasn't just Luke. Like, that's like once you're a super badass, you get the green lightsaber. So it's it's cool to see that. But overall, not not much happens. You know, C-3PO is more annoying than ever. Uh, Jacob really got me on that train, I guess. It just doesn't, uh, it doesn't hold up the way I'd hoped it would. And that doesn't mean that the place it had in my heart is gone. It just, uh, it's just not as special as it used to be, I guess. It's no empire. I am excited, though, for next week where we'll be talking about an awakening in the Force um, and you know, maybe trying to contextualize how Return of the Jedi felt like an ending and now we're reopening that book and how it goes from there and where we're going to see it end in just a few short weeks with The Rise of Skywalker. Thank you so much for allowing me to intrude and uh, you know, make sure R2 shuts this message off. Wow, Joe, I never thought about Star Wars in such a light before. Thank you, buddy. We all appreciate that. I thought we really got through like the meat of it, but Joe really brought in some some different viewpoints. So um, I really appreciate that he was able to get that transmission sent out. Yeah, I feel like a yep. jackass now. <laughs> I can't believe we forgot that. Joe, you made a lot of good points. You're a handsome guy. Look good and in I love blue. You. <laughs> yeah. Love that vest. Hey. Oh, no, now he's here. (laughs) Thank you. All right, normies. We appreciate you listening. Tune in next time. This has been your host. This is uh, Colin the Hutt. This is uh, Lando Mike Rizian. This is Jay Cobba the Hutt. I'm still going with it. This is Adam Crumb. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, normies. (laughs) May the normie be with you. Jedi. Great. All right. I'm going to hit stop. I'm going to hit stop. Two and a half hours. Hello there. Thank you for listening to this very special Star Wars edition of Normies Like Us. We will be back for more Star Vember and War Simba, and you will give us a rating, like, and subscribe on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Catch you soon, normies. May the Force be with you.